Welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast, your home for everything DFW sports, meaning we teach you how to blame the refs. This week, we talk about the Mavs moving forward, the Rangers handing the Astros a losing record, soccer or something, the Cowboys coming up just short, and the Stars giving us all collective heart attacks. I'm your host, Cameron Massey. And I'm your much better looking host, Mal. (laughs) That was in the intro. I refuse to read that. Yeah, you got to read the cue cards, man. No, we'll not read the cue cards. Who put that on the teleprompter? <laughs> Everything he puts on that teleprompter, he will read. I fucked that up. God damn, man. That's okay. That movie doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't. You want to talk about controversial, <clears throat> unpopular opinions. Anchorman is not a good movie. It's fun to quote. Don't get me wrong. Like every now and then. Like, like dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need a medical dictionary. <laughs> and just like that, we go to Seinfeld. But yes. Anchorman is fun to quote, but once you actually sit down and watch that movie, like it, it it's not really, as, no, no, yeah, it's not good. It's really not that funny. Steve Carell is funny. Yes. Uh, like I will laugh out now, loud. Steve with, with Carell Steve and Carell. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is good. Paul Rudd's funny. Paul Rudd is good, but they have the problem with Paul Rudd's character. And once again, not his fault. It's the world for making it. But he has probably the most quotable line that everyone quotes 60% yes. of the time, blah, blah, blah. And it, people ruin that moment because they always say it, and it just, it just gets old. Dude, one thing I will say before we move on is there's one part of that movie that I've always wanted to recreate in real life, and I've never been able to. I've never had the timing for it, but it's when they're all saying something, and uh, Brick goes to take a sip of his, of his coffee, and they all are like, oh, right, Brick? And he goes, mm. I just burned my tongue. No, they didn't even acknowledge Brick. Oh, did that they was, not? Yeah, that's the best part of it. They oh, were, man. They, they were, I think that was the point whenever they were complaining about Veronica or something. Whatever, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, we're talking about how much we hate it, and now we're dissecting that movie? No, yeah. let's not. It Fun to quote, not fun to watch. See it once, so that way you can be a part of the inside jokes here, but after that, once is enough. I just burned my tongue. On to the Mavericks here. So we're going to still keep the same format going. Uh, We'll talk about the Mavs first. Uh, Then we will talk about the Rangers. We will do a soccer minute, which there's not going to be much, which I forgot to mention. Actually, we are recording actually on a Sunday night. Yeah. This week instead of a uh, instead of a Monday night like usual. I got a new job and uh, I just wasn't able to get Monday night off. Hopefully going forward, we can get back into the original schedule here but i'm sure getting going there's gonna like in the whole ebb and flow of this it's there's gonna be some some learning curves yeah so some hiccups and bumps in the road and sure so after the soccer minute we'll talk cowboys and then we will talk about the dallas stars and then we'll get out of you and then we will kick rocks until next week so anyway uh the only thing on the home front here for the mavericks is once again we're going to continue to talk about how great Luka Doncic is, and 
I just don't know what else to say. And the NBA world just constantly just keeps giving us stuff to say. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. The owners of the in the NBA voted that Luka Doncic is the number one player that they would want to build a franchise around. Build a franchise around and under twenty five. Under twenty five, yeah, of course. And it's and Luka's under twenty one, so it's. I think he's twenty one now. Is he twenty one on the news? Okay, it's it, this whole season just being. All the of way that it was doesn't feel real. No, no, it really doesn't. Like even even today, whenever you heard that. NFL sound on a Sunday where it's like it's super iconic that da 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 yeah that always gets you ready for football and you 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 feel it in your bones and in your gut and I just I love it and I have loved it this is the first year whenever I hear that and it still just doesn't feel real it feels like I'm watching highlights or something like just 2020 obviously we're not here to talk about 2020 but just it just it, well, it's such a weird year obviously we got a rapist in Lincoln Park. So Luka Doncic, once again, just continuing to do things that really no Maverick in the history of Mavericks has ever done. And it's this this dude is like if you need more of an example of how real this guy is, it's not just the numbers he's putting up. It's not just the buzzer beaters that he's hitting. It's not just the three-pointers that he's drilling. It's not the assists. It's not the triple-doubles. This time, it's other people. It's not Luca doing work out there and us just marveling at it's it. It's people recognizing it. People recognizing <laughs> it and people that know a thing or two about. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they just uh, ESPN polled everybody who you know is on the ESPN website. It was like the owners. Yeah, the NBA owners. And I mean, I think a lot of people would probably argue like, yeah, those guys don't know what the hell they're talking about, which I mean, that's up for debate. But still, they know more about it than your average person would. And and they, they I mean, recognize they, they, it. They own more franchises than I do. So absolutely. So that just means they have more money than than us. If you want to get technical, that doesn't mean that they know basketball. Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys and he doesn't know damn thing about football. Hi. Hey, so anyway, that's all that we had to say. Just. Way to go, Luca. I don't know what else to tell you. Good job, buddy. Good job, bud. Next thing we got to do is we got to get you a league MVP and we got to get you a ring. So moving on here, we'll go ahead and talk about the Rangers, Rangers the Rangers, Rangers here. So they I mean, they finished the season strong, you know, three out of the last four. Sure. And, and against, against the Astros. Yes. Which this year doesn't mean shit because the Astros finished under 500. Well, wah, wah. we'll Thanks see to the Rangers. We'll see what happens here if because uh, I mean they've qualified. The Astros have yeah have they're qualified in the, they're for in the playoffs. playoffs because the playoff expanded to sixteen teams. But there's no way if the if the playoff if they didn't expand it, there's no way, and the Astros wouldn't have been in the playoffs for like the last month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It's just once again, just just another argument of why I, I didn't mean to be so loud there. That's my bad. Uh, why are you yelling? Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I it it, it gets away from me. It's his voice. It's it, just, I it know. Just happens. It just gets away from me. So the uh, but yeah. I mean, it's this just is another example of why you have to have a uh, 160. Oh game yeah. Season. I mean, we can we can harp on this. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Until- it's just another example. Yeah, I mean, we we can harp on this until the Astros have a winning season, which won't be for another year. Sure, at, at least, least, at least, at least. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm, I for one, I'm, I mean, I'm a DFW fan, so that means I'm petty and I hate the other teams. But I really hope that they just never have a winning season again. 
Well, now I hope that, they move. Actually, I hope they move. So now that they, uh, well, they're not going anywhere. But now that, um, now that they've kind of been exposed for what they were doing and who they are, cheating. They, uh, it, it seems like that that's affected them. I mean, I don't know yeah. if it's a mental thing or if like they really aren't. Well, you know, just baseball's that good. a lot harder when you don't know what pitch is coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a lot harder. I mean, didn't like, and it was so funny because you even pulled up the other day that showed that their home away record is just astronomically different. Like it could not get any more different. It was twenty and eight at home, and, and eight at the and time, 20. yeah, at the time it was eight and twenty away, which would now be eleven and twenty one. I think away. Yeah, yeah because no, they'd be, no, 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 no. Yeah, not, nine and twenty three away. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just crazy how. You go into other parks, and like, I, of course, there's always going to be a dip whenever but you're I mean, playing away games, but not Jose that Altuve's big of a difference. Batting, uh, Jose Altuve batted 219 this year. 219. I mean, you could argue that it was the the season that might have messed with his head. It might have, like, all around, not just 2020. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he's that bad. I, I'm saying, like, just in general. And who knows what would have happened if we had a full season? If if they would have probably gotten over the yeah, cheating thing, and they probably would have probably found their stride. Like I don't like, know, maybe, maybe maybe they would have. And we'll, and we'll never know. But they were getting they were getting booed in spring training, like every game. But see, so I don't think that would have stopped. Oh no, 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 no! Not with the fans or any because every time the fans come, it's a new experience. Like maybe it's the first time the Astros have come to town, and you're gonna yeah. fucking let them have it. Yeah, it might be July, but it's the first time I've gotten to, you know. Yell Lastros at Carlos Correa, sure, and watch him cry over a curveball, sure. So, uh, but this is not an Astros podcast, but we could we could dive way That's the deeper into that. Spot of the Rangers season, I though. know, I know. So here, <laughs> so since we last talked, the Rangers, yes, they went three and three, uh, two losses to Arizona, pretty pretty bad losses, uh, and then yeah. one really bad loss to Houston. But then they beat Houston 5-4, beat Houston 6-1, and then beat Houston today. 8-4. Uh, 8-4, yeah. So they, they really did finish strong. It seemed like that all the pressure was on the Astros because they were fighting for a playoff spot. The Rangers were not, obviously, and uh, they, they they maybe that made a difference too. They went out and they seemed a little bit freer and they looked they looked a lot looser than the Astros did. You know that it was in their heads. And then even still, like after they clinched the playoff spot, they still come out and there was no effort from them. And why would there be? Because they've already right. got their spot. They couldn't yeah. do any better. They couldn't do any worse. Here's here's a crazy stat for you though. Go ahead. Rugnet Odor batted one sixty seven this season. Led the team in RBIs. God. Seriously? With yes. what? Like like how many? Uh, let me look at that. I had it. Uh, that was uh, Evan Grant tweeted that out, so I didn't have it right in front of me, but let me look. <clears throat> he led the team in RBI with 30. Who was second? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I didn't have that pulled up. Hang on. Okay. Well, it's... So you keep keep going. I'll, no, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So it's we're doing a different uh, format, not format, but we're we're trying things a little different today. It was kind of a spur of the moment that we started recording, so I didn't actually get a chance to do my prep, which I actually feel a little looser. I don't loosey goosey. I don't feel like that. I have to have a paper in front of me. Uh, so we'll we'll see if it's better or worse. Uh, our viewership dropped off pretty drastically from yeah. last week. Yeah, one one well viewership, listenership. Our listenership, excuse one, me. One week we have like 
20 downloads or whatever, which not amazing, but two of them were in Finland. We are worldwide, motherfuckers. And I, well, I guarantee what it was was uh, they Googled Kiviranta and our podcast came up somehow. They were doing like a deep dive. They're like, let's find Kiviranta. And that was our first episode was Kiviranta. <laughs> and that, and that was like, the episode of the Finnish people. And they, and they probably, I bet you they played the first one. And they were like, mm, I'll give them another chance to play the second one. They're like, nope. <laughs> Oh, okay, so we had two consecutive weeks of two Finnish listeners? It just, it just says that there were two downloads from Finland. It yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't say which episodes Oh, and then they, they, just, they went, to. okay, yeah. I'm done with this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm <laughs> betting that's what happened. So if you are the our Finnish listener, uh, we I don't know how to tell you to get a hold of us because we don't have anything set up yet. But by next week, I promise I will have something set up and you can email us whatever, yeah, we at, whatever it is and just be like, hey, you guys suck. Yeah, we definitely... We definitely need to set up something like that. But anyway, back to uh, back to sports. It's uh, it's it's Sparts. it's crazy to think that. Uh, but uh, okay, first of all, I want to thank the Finnish listener too. Like whoever you are, if you're out there, trust me, we we are grateful for you. By the way, Joey Gallo was second with 26 RBI. Okay, uh, and you know what? I should have probably guessed that. So, but mm. anyway, the and Nick Solak was third with 23. Oh, oh, and sorry, see, and 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 we, I, I was not critical of him last week, but I I pointed out some errors that he was having, and mm-hmm. uh, it, clearly the season was not a loss. He just had a little skid there, and he was he was looking great. So, and then Kiner Falefa is starting to kind of come into. I, would you say he's coming into his own? Like we've always kind of known about him. It, it, he just I, he just he, continues to get better. Well, that's the thing. I figured he was going to be like your solid kind of. Not everyday player, but your solid uh, spot starter. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of like a six man in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Like he'll come in every now and then and make a start at a random position when you need him to give somebody some relief. Uh, but not going to be your everyday starter. And then this year, like you had to put him in the lineup every day. You just had to. He was the only one consistently for the entire season producing. Do you think he's earned? A starting rotation, not rotation, but like a starting a starting lineup spot now I mean, with how he's played this year. I mean, who would you put at third? I, I don't know. Right? I have no idea. IKF man. Yeah, I I think so too. So it's like it's good to see that someone like that who like that like it's it's stories like that during 2020 that really make you look at it and go. He probably would have never had a chance if this was a regular season. Like if if everything was regular and it played out the way that it normally did, he probably wouldn't have gotten the chance that yeah, he did this year. Yeah, because they probably would have held on to Todd Frazier. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, and they would. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, I mean, you look at it; they were still finding ways of putting him in the lineup, but still finding ways to put him in the lineup with Todd Frazier. So, I mean, to say that he wouldn't have got his chance, uh, I don't know. But he, I don't think he would have gotten as much of a chance as he did and i mean he didn't even really need it man like you, you know what i mean like he came in and he started producing and he never dropped off so so yeah awesome so if you want to look for silver linings here you've got you've got kiner falefa you've got uh sam huff sam huff he once again you can tell that the that he that he he looked nervous and it'll be a whole new, hopefully it'll be a whole new beast next year with he, fans in the stands. I mean, granted, it was only like a week, but he batted three fifteen. 
Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can only go off of what's in front of you. It's just yeah. it, I, like it's easy to get used to the game whenever there's nobody around and it's just you out there playing. It's kind of childlike where this is this is what I was used to. I was always playing in front of no one. Very Sandlot esque. Yeah. But whenever the fans get in the stands, it's going to change everything for them. And who, who knows when that will be? Maybe it'll be next year. Maybe not. But uh, that, that'll be another big test for him. So that'll be something that no other rookie has ever gone through is two different experiences. Like it's your first time playing a game, but then it'll be your first time playing a game in front of fans. And usually that's knocked out in just one, one game. Yeah. Sorry to, to correct myself. He played nine games. So more than a week and he batted three fifty seven. Jesus dude. Yeah. With three homers. Jesus. Yeah. So he, he, he really came on this last week. Mm-hmm. Like he, like he got comfortable. And so, yeah, Sam Huff, definitely uh huff daddy huff daddy good good little good little bright spot there and then the, sean huffy combs the pitcher we're gonna get we're gonna move on who's the <laughs> <laughs> who was the uh who was the pitcher i was talking about last week who uh came back after tommy john's surgery uh kyle gibson yeah uh, no 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 Kirk? for the for the rangers yeah, yeah. cody something kyle uh, cody kyle cody maybe uh we're, this is we're great here. Yeah, uh, yeah, super, on. super great. Hang on, super great. Hang on. This is why we need to. T- yeah, Kyle Cody. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle Cody. So the pitcher uh, that we talked about last week, Kyle Cody, he he looked, he had his moment where he looked great. Oh, he was obviously on the limited inning, uh, the inning tracker there. Innings count. Yeah, innings count. Thank you. And this is what happens whenever you get someone who doesn't know baseball talking about baseball. And he still did it, looked great, and hopefully this will only give him hope going into the offseason and he can prepare with a positive thing that he can kind of revert back to if he ever needs it. So uh, it, there are there are tons of bright spots for this Ranger team, even though this season was a forgettable one for the team as a whole. Now, I'll give you, a, give you one hit or one guess. Who uh, led the team as far as ERA is concerned? Starting pitcher? Yes. Uh, Lance Lynn. No. Corey Kluber. Oh. <laughs> Corey Kluber. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But actually, the, as far as uh, the, the pitchers that actually you know pitched more than one inning it was kyle cody with a 159 ERA. no way yep oh and then after that it was brett martin with the 198 was he a starting pitcher no he's a reliever okay well that's good like like that's that's what you need is is leclerc still the closer uh leclerc has been hurt this year okay okay yeah. so it's it just they, they, they had uh, montero was closing out games this year how did he look or what, what how did his numbers look Rafael Montero, ooh, a 4.3 ERA. I mean, he he obviously started this year not knowing he was going to be the closer. Yeah. And yeah. So he, I think, needless to say. And, and he only had 16.2 innings pitched. You know, like, of course, your numbers are going to not be right. super representative. If you only pitch 16 innings, you know, and you give up two or three runs well then and how many save yeah. situations was he really in this year it's, it's not a whole lot yeah so it's 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 but still it's there are a lot of good things to look forward to in the future for this rangers organization and i can't wait for next year because i think that the team has kind of started to gra- like get its footing 
a little bit. I don't know if it had anything to do with the pressure not being on them anymore after they were eliminated from playoff contention or if things really started to click for them. But uh, it, like it, the team, whenever they looked good, they looked really good. Yeah. Just whenever they looked bad, they looked They're really, really bad. bad. So well, it's like going into the San Diego because uh, that really was the San Diegans. San Diegites. Anyway, <laughs> San Diegoans. <laughs> There's another anchor man. We'll keep count. Yeah, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Anyway, uh, Slam Diego. Okay, let's move on. Anyway, let's move no, on. Going, going going into that series though, the Rangers had won like four of their last five series, and they were above 500. They were starting to go on a roll, and then they ran into the Padres. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and everything that, that surrounded whole, that. that whole. I mean, and you can't say that something like that didn't fuck with their heads either because probably. they were having to deal with the media circus. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, so, I mean, that that easily could have disrupted their routine. And, and, you know, in a normal season, that's maybe it causes a skid. Sure. But, but it's, you know, nothing to, to freak out about. But you you only get 16 games. You lose six games in a row. That's 10% of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, so it's so you so maybe that was the thing, and there won't be any of that next year because everything will have kind of would have had plenty of time to kind of dissipate, and the dust will settle. Like it, it won't be a, it won't it, be a thing next year. It, it really once they started trading it like in extended spring training for twenty twenty one, like the team started looking good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of a uh, lot of good things to look forward to for the Rangers. So since the season is now finished. Finito. Let's go ahead and talk about players and what's going to happen okay. to them going forward. Where do you see Elvis Andrews going after that? I know that his contract isn't up, obviously. He still has two more years on his deal, I believe. I don't know. I don't have that number in front of me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, but I know that he's he's not a free agent at the end of this season is no, what I'm saying. No, but he's very injury—he's yeah. he's injury prone— uh, Father Time obviously is undefeated, so his 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 stats and stuff are starting to diminish. He's not the Elvis Andrews of old. He still looks good out on the field, but he doesn't look as good as he used to. Yeah, and and Chris Woodward has said that Elvis Andrews's job is not safe. It has been in the past, but now it's it's completely different, and it's up in the air, and he's got to earn his spot. Yeah. So where where do you where do you see Elvis next year? Honestly, I see Elvis making a little bit of a bounce back. I don't see him ever really getting back to his, uh, like his, what we're used to seeing uh, as far as his production on the field. Um, I think, I think he's going to start focusing more on hitting because he knows that his everyday role is going to probably morph into being more of a DH type, uh, just because the way that. I mean, catcher is the the most like uh, the hardest on your body as far as uh, position for baseball, but a shortstop second. Like, and you just don't see guys playing that position for fifteen years. You, you would, know what you I would, mean? You would list a shortstop even above a pitcher. I would think a pitcher would probably. I know, obviously, catching is is, the, but I would say a pitcher would probably be the the hardest on your body. Not really. Uh, I mean. It, the pitcher, Maybe on just your throwing yeah, arm. Pitcher is hardest on your arm by a long shot, but if you're talking about your total body, shortstops are sprinting, diving, uh, popping up, and throwing further than a pitcher has to. You know what I mean? At like the drop of a hat, and they're not. And it's not like a crow hop like you get in the outfield. Like they're short arming, uh, 130, 140, you know, foot throw. 
and they're trying to get it there as fast as they can. Like there's, that's a lot of torque on your body, not just your arm, but your whole body. There's a lot of torque there. So uh, it just in general you I mean, you even see <laughs> nice. You even see, uh, most shortstops will, will move to third. Derek Jeter is a, was, was the anomaly there. Uh, Ozzy Smith is another anomaly who played shortstop his whole career, and he had a really long career. But did Nomar Garcia Para <clears throat> hold out on shortstop his whole career? Or did he make that move? No, he, Gar, Nomar didn't play as long as I, I don't even think he played as long as Elvis has. Right. So okay, but but even still, like he was yeah. one of those people that kept shortstop his whole career. Correct. Well, it's, it's generally you you either move or you kind oh, of fade or, or away. your career. Yeah, okay, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. Like even Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken started out as a shortstop. Oh, see, I don't remember him as a shortstop. Well, nobody does. Yeah. but but he he moved to third base in the '90s because it's yeah, it's the hot think, corner. It's a, it's the longest short arm throw. But do you think that? Do you think he did that so that way he? Do you think that the reason why he did that was because the Lou Gehrig's record was actually attainable? Do you think he did that as a, a record he, move? Uh, I'd have to look at when he did it, but I'd be pretty sure he did it. <laughs> to make room for uh for a player that they had coming up i, I don't think it was uh necessarily to preserve his body it obviously helped though i yeah i would say that it helped i mean third base i'd say is the, third. the next the next yeah, hardest yeah. so it's <laughs> so not doing him any favors no, here no like if he if he was thinking about that he should have moved to first okay so you think that elvis is going to be moving to a dh role or do you see maybe Elvis being that guy making the transition to third? Uh no, because I think I think Kinder Falefa has got third it? locked up this year. So okay, and there's no way that they, they there's no way that they would try and move him to short. Uh I mean, I guess it's possible, but they from. I'm trying to think of who I know, they have I, and, and I know up. it's I, I know I know it's not that simple. Yeah, because it, that, but it, it's it's like well, it's, it's like also, it's like a left yeah. guard in football moving to right guard. It's a completely different position, and <clears> I'm not saying it's just like just move over a few feet and you'll be fine. I understand that yeah. that's not the way it is. Yeah, but I know eventually Josh Young is going to want to come up, and he is a third baseman. Yeah, so I'm wondering if possibly they'll they'll move Kiner Falefa to short, move Elvis to third to kind of get Kiner Falefa settled in at shortstop, and then whenever Elvis is ready to step down. Uh, Josh Young will be ready to come in. I it just I'm just playing out scenarios in my head here. Possibly, I mean, <clears throat> it. I don't know if Josh Young's going to be ready to come up next season, though. I'm not saying next yeah. season. I'm not saying next season. It's oh, just okay. when, I'm I thought, just that's what I no, thought you were getting. No, at. no, 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 no. no I'm I'm saying, saying, talking, Josh Young's like two, three years down if, the road. If, if we're talking, if we're talking big picture for the next two or three years, I could see Kiner Falefa going to second or short, then bringing up Josh Young and. Rugnet Ordor getting his shit together or leaving. And by getting his shit together, do you mean like keep... And that's why, like, instead of moving Kiner Falefa to second, Odor would get his shit together. He'll stay at second. Kiner Falefa will just go to shortstop instead. Yeah. Okay. So... And, and I actually like that idea with Elvis kind of moving him to a DH because he's proven that he's got the power. He still has the power. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Even 
you don't necessarily need i know dhs are generally associated with power you don't need that necessarily no no definitely not but but elvis can still provide that is all that i'm saying because he yeah, might he got, might he's got more pop than he used to but i mean uh, uh, before a couple of years ago he'd only ever hit like maybe five in a season yeah so that like maybe he's maybe he sees his game going that way and so he's been working on it a whole bunch and your uh your buddy uh ozzy luis 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 ortiz luis ortiz that's it uh he ended up <laughs> samsonite i was way off the uh he maybe maybe whenever he kind of came on he was kind of helping elvis get that i, I don't once again i don't know i'm yeah, just i don't know it's speculation but so that's, i mean the season's over what else are we gonna do speculate so yeah oh yeah of course and so do you think whenever they put him at dh if they do would he be like a leadoff dh I know that that's usually DH third or fourth hitter. I understand that. Maybe fifth. But do you think that maybe he leads off as the DH just to get the a person on base who's who's fast uh, and, I, and, and, and can get into the scoring position for those guys like Gallo and so that way they won't shift on him? It's a, <clears throat> it's a possibility. Um, what I would say is in the next two years, what I'd see happening would be uh, Solak leading off and uh, somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody like a, uh, okay, so you, I'd say you have Solak leading off, maybe uh, Kiner Falefa batting second, Joey Gallo or Sam Huff or, or Josh Young, one of those guys. Like I think three, four, five, those guys will pretty much all be interchangeable at that point. And then you'd have Elvis maybe batting fifth or sixth as a GH. You know what I mean? Okay, so so you still see Elvis with the team in two years. I think Elvis wants to retire as a Ranger, and I think the Rangers want him to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I you, think I think they're he's the new Michael Young. I think, ooh, and I think you think so. I yeah, I and, and I think that they, although get uh, letting Michael Young go play somewhere else was more of a respect thing because he just like he had more in the tank, but he wasn't going to get on the field with what they had that year. And so they let him walk. Are they? Well, no, they traded him, didn't they? I have no idea. Michael Young. Oh, Michael Young. No, I think they let him walk. It, well, either way, I'm they, pretty sure because that's, that way, was he, his he beef finished, with John Daniel. He finished his career somewhere else. Yeah, with the Dodgers. Was, yes, I think. but it was more of a respect thing because, like, you know what I mean? You're gonna let Michael Young waste away on the bench because he's not good enough to crack the lineup right now. You, no, uh, but I think that they, I think they realize that that's kind of a mistake. Like. Rangers fans don't want to see Elvis Andrews retiring as an Indian. You know what I mean? Or a uh, freaking Dodger or a Blue Jay, a Red. God yeah. forbid an Astro. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, you don't want to see it. So, well, it, it, it's, I've got Elvis's contract here. His last year is 2023. Yeah. So he's going to be so yes he will to answer my question yes he will still be with the team in 2 years at least how his contract is going and I think you're right unless they trade him but yeah but I th I think John Daniels probably has learned from his not mistakes but probably his dealings with players in the past and he rather than treating it as a business which you know what in reality a general manager a general manager should treat it as a business you can't get emotionally attached and i get that yeah. but maybe now he's there's kind certain, of seeing there's there's, there's gray areas here because even it, though it is a business they're like these these are still human beings yeah that's the thing though if you got a guy who spends 10 15 years in your organization like it's everything no, he's it's, done 
it's no longer about the business at that point. It's about respecting what he's done. Absolutely. who he is as a player and as a person. If he wants to retire here, you you give him that. You know what else is a business decision? Keeping the fans happy. Yeah. You don't think. Like, I know. Michael Young, that was my dude. Like, yeah, and I hated. Everybody loved I Michael Young. Hate, he's probably my favorite Ranger ever. Michael Young is just, to me, top tier, upper echelon. It does not get any better than that. And it really did. It broke my heart to see him go somewhere else. And under, I understand that this is one of those things where it's it's just a part. It's a business, and it's a part of right. It's, it, like, like it's a part of yeah. the whole yeah. dynamic of sports. It's just you can't get too attached to players because players come, players go. But right. still, like, right. I, and there, it's also the you know it's going back to the Elvis Andrews situation right now. Like, John Daniels is not it, not in the same position that he was with Michael Young. With Michael Young, it's like he's not good enough to get on the field right now, just because that's yeah. how good yeah. the team was. Absolutely, that's how good the team was at the point at that point. That's not the product you have right now. Elvis Andrews is absolutely good enough to stay on the field for you, but he has said that the he being John Daniels has said, as we covered last week, that the team is going to be younger next year. Yeah. But I don't think that means you get rid of all your veteran guys. I didn't say that you get rid of them, but I mean, if, if, if they're going to be younger next year, then what are they going to do the year after that and the year after that? So that's, that's just the one thing that scares me is that Elvis, I didn't realize that Elvis's contract went that far. Yeah. And his last year, he, it's the biggest year money wise yeah, on but, his contract but in how, 2024. How old will he be? He he's 32 right now. Uh, in four years, he'll be 36. So yeah, it, it like it just it it just depends. And it, it, who knows? That'll be that'll be a situation where if, it's even hard to speculate on that. Yeah, it's even hard to speculate on that. But I, what I could see happening if he goes somewhere else, it's that it's because he's transitioned into a DH role and he is doing really well, and the Rangers aren't competing, and there is a team that is competing that is trying to win a championship and they need a DH and that'd be one of those situations where I think every Rangers fan would be like, okay, yeah, Elvis, go, go, go win your ring. Yes. You know what I mean? So we were all hoping that for Dirk. Like we were looking at Dirk, his final few years. And we're like, dude, go to golden state, man, go get a second ring. Like at least I can't, once again, I can't speculate on whatever, but I've, I heard a lot of people and I was even saying that, like, I know it'll be weird, but dude, you deserve a second championship. You should have had, you should have had multiple championships whenever, like you should have never gotten rid of Cuban should have never got, or let Steve Nash walk and Finley and and Jermichael Finley, uh, Jermichael, just Michael. Just no, I Finley. thought it was Jermichael. Oh, no, no, Jermichael Finley is a, a tight end for the. Yeah. Well, he was a tight end for the Packers. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, Michael yeah. Finley. Just Michael Finley. <laughs> yeah, he had a. Michael Finley is so funny, man. And I hate that he went to the Spurs, but he had a moment one time. I'll never forget this. He hit a three, and it was a big moment. It wasn't like a buzzer beater, but it was a big moment. And the ref had his hands up like like the refs do whenever you're hitting a three, and, and Michael Finley walks by him and high fives him. <laughs> 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 so that team that team that really team good. dude that team and Dirk should have won many titles and that was even before Steve Nash was Steve Nash that was before he was winning his MVPs who knows where that team would have gone so this yeah. I, I think in a few years if Elvis is doing great I think that everyone would be kind of on board with like go trade him to a well, team and, it would, and, and it help would him de- get that get that ring that he it really depends deserves. on where the team is sure though. sure absolutely the team is though you know like I you know, I said we don't have that Fernando Tatis Jr., but we like we have the pieces where, yes, we might not have that guy who's just that stud, but the Rangers have the pieces where in 
three, four years, we might be talking about them the same way that we're talking about San Diego. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's entirely possible, especially if John Daniels and the and the organization commits to being much younger next year. That means that these younger guys are going to have some experience in the next two or three years. They are not going to be the they'll be young, but they won't be rookies. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So so next player, where do you see Odor? He's he's probably he's easily the most polarizing player. Easily, yeah, easily. For, for the Rangers. Here, well, so. Here's the here's the thing to to consider about Odor. His run production has never dropped. Mm-hmm. Period. So people want to people want to cry and complain about why is he an everyday player last year and why why do we still have him and blah blah blah. Danny Santana. Well, Danny Santana showed this year that last year was. I'm not gonna say it was a fluke, but he's not. He can't do that consistently as an everyday player. It's hard to use this year for that judgment, right, though, that's man. True. Like, that's it's, true. It's so but hard to also, use this year. He's also like 32, 33. It's not like he's a young right, guy, right? You, the temptation is to think that he's a young guy because he, you know, you're just now finding out about him. But no, he's been around. Uh, so, and then you look at you look at. Rugnet Odor, as far as runs per at bat, like runs generated per at bat last year, he was he was leading the team. He was tied for RBI on the team. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go back and look at it. But I mean, he led the lead, he led the team in RBI this year. Like you're for sure. Oh, but you're for sure about the first stat you said. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to say just because the batting average dropped off that he wasn't creating runs. I mean, I mean, he stole home like twice last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was finding ways to get it done when he got on base. But see, I don't think that the batting is really the biggest issue when it comes to uh, Rugnet Odor. I think that it's his fielding. And and I mean, you've even, you've even said whenever you're playing MLB The Show 2020, that yeah. it, like they showed him no respect. It seems like every third None. ball that's hit to him in that video yeah. game, he has an error. Yeah, yeah. For real. So, I mean, it, it, do you think that because I mean, that could obviously, just be because I suck at that game. It, but I mean, do you think? <laughs> yeah, that is a possibility. Do you think I that, am the Texas Rangers of MLB 2020? <laughs> so, do you think that? Um, do you think that that's his primary focus this off season is is getting his glove better, or do you think it's getting his batting average in a better situation? Because I mean, it's that's the thing. I I think DH is going to be. They're going to leave it up to either it's it's either going to be Elvis or it's going to be Odor in the next couple of years. It's going to be one of the two. And if that, it's are, not, that, are, that are gone. No, no, no. That's going to be playing DH. And, oh, if it's, okay. and if it's what I think is going to happen is I think that they're going to transition Odor to DH more this year. Try to get his his batting numbers up as far as batting average and stuff like that. Um, because as uh, I mean, they're, they're I think they're going to try to do that and then try to increase his trade value and mm. really, send him, yeah, send yeah. Him I, I think I it's think... going to be hard because they they paid him a lot of money. Yeah, so I but, mean, you really you really have to increase his his batting average in order to get anything of value for him. Not necessarily. You got to give him above. I think you get him to two twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, but I mean, still, what did he hit? Like 170? one seventy? Yeah, one sixty seven. I mean, so, oh, so less than one. So yeah, so you really have to increase his batting average, even to just get him to two twenty. I mean, that's one hit a week. 
Yeah, of over course. the course of an 162 game season, that's that's one hit a week. A ground ball with eyes. Yeah, a gorker. A dying quail. Yeah. Anyway, uh, not Anchorman. Nope. So, uh, so Odor, you think he's going to be the one that's going to be the DH? I think he's gone. I think he's gone. In how many years? Honestly, I think he's gone. In no, the lie next... to me. <laughs> okay, I think he's gone tomorrow. Okay, cool. No, but I think he's gone in the next two years. Okay. I'd be surprised. Be surprised. Do if... you think it's going to be an in-season trade, or do you think it's going to be an off-season move? We're really getting to the nitty-gritty here. <laughs> yeah, I just, but, 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 but still, like, that's speculation. No, yeah, of course. I could see, so what I could... I mean, it's the same thing as if, if uh, Elvis Andrews leaves, except... With uh, Odor, you have the added benefit of he—he's not—he's not Elvis Andrews as far as in the fans' eyes. Like the fans don't love Odor. No, the way that they—he's kind of like they've the grown to love Elvis Andrews. He's kind of like the Matthew Kachuk of. Oh, you mean like Rangers fans don't love him? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about like other other players and no, other. No, no, you're just I, talking about I'm, Rangers yeah, fans. Yeah, okay, that's Rangers that's fans. my mistake. I'm you know, sorry. you know, it'd be great. Hmm, it'd be hilarious. If they send him to Toronto. <laughs> oh, I would love that. That would be great. <laughs> so, um, just like, fuck you, Jose. Yes, Bautista, just, now you have to deal with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Elvis stays. You think Odor is gone. Yep. Not obviously not like this off season, but this is just, right. where, okay. Where, where's Joey Gallo in all this? that obviously obviously i think he stays it depends it depends well of course it does like uh, like if you're gonna offer i don't know what it, i don't know what his contract's like if he's not extended through the next uh like if he's if he's not guaranteed to be on the rangers for the next four years and the rangers aren't competing i think he walks i think he goes to philly do you think he you think he walks like he like they don't yeah. they don't trade him no. You think he just walks? I think he walks. Oh, that would look. That would not look good on John Daniels. I mean, I think. I think he goes and plays with his. Yeah, with no, his yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. I th- I, like, I can see that happening for sure. But you don't let someone like Joey Gallo walk, especially the like someone's going to trade big for him. Someone out there will. That's the thing. That's the thing. Whether it's like, Pittsburgh or Seattle or the, the Toronto, but, whoever. But in the, in Joey Joey Gallo's tenure, since he's been with the team, they went from. A great place to be. Like they look like they're built to win for a long time. To they're in the gutter. You yeah, know. Yeah. So I'm not gonna put any words in his mouth. But if I were him, I would be looking at it, going, "If this team isn't competing by the time my contract's up, I'm gone." I I will put words because he's in- not he's not from Texas. His friends play elsewhere. You know what I mean? See, like, I, I'm gonna put words. I'm going to use words that came directly from his mouth is he says he wants to win here. He wants to be the guy. He, he doesn't want to go somewhere else and do great and not be the number one guy. Well, I mean, yeah, he's saying that now I'm saying like in, in by the end of the contract, I don't know what his contract's like, but I'm assuming it's probably up in three or four years. So you, you don't think that they're going to get anything for him. You think that he's just going to walk because I mean, obviously the team's going to be younger, I, I think that eventually someone will kind of maybe Sam Huff might come out as the like the big stud in town and and you then Joey Gallo might have a problem with that. I I don't know if I I don't think I would say it was it would be an ego thing. I think it would be a, com, a competition thing. Like yeah, but don't but if, don't athletes relish competition? Like, no no no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if the Rangers aren't competing. 
Oh, okay, I got you. But here's the reason why I think if they're not like it, it would depend if they're if they're like bottom of the league, then yeah, I think the Rangers try to get something for him. But if they're still in win now mode and John Daniels thinks that in the next year or two they can put it together, I think John Daniels doesn't trade him, tries to extend him and fails. Mm. I think if he does that, I think that would be a huge demerit on his on his record. I, 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 I like you don't let someone like that walk because I mean he you could you could easily make the argument that Joey Gallo is the best player on your team, and there's always been there there's He's, always been his batting average is almost this it's barely better than Rugnet Odor's. I I understand that, but see, but people see those home runs, and that's the thing that people that fans want to see. People love to see stuff like that, and I'm not saying that John Daniels is going to look at it and be like. He hits dingers, so we got to keep him around. Like that's not a smart baseball move. Yeah. But I just don't think a smart baseball move would be let someone like Joey Gallo walk for nothing. I think that eventually you're going to understand that talks aren't just going to go anywhere, and you're you're gonna you're gonna eventually attempt to try and get something for him. You you don't want to get any. So Joey Gallo, I think, will be an off season deal. I don't think he'd be a middle of the I mean, season deal. Yeah, I mean, he could be the next Mark Teixeira. You know what I mean? Like where? Yeah. Uh, look at the, look at the Mark Teixeira deal. When yep. when they traded him, I was like Atlanta why and then look who we got out of it. we got matt harrison we got elvis andrews yeah yeah you know and i think there was another person that we got out of that deal that ended up being a, a contributor to the 2010 uh you know yeah the team so 2010 2011 team so you know, so I, I, i'm just drawing a blank off the top of my head but you know what i mean it could be one of those situations where was it napoli no no okay. no napoli was he was uh he was on the angels Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it could, it could be one of those situations, but uh-huh. I, just, I, yeah, I just don't think you let him walk. So, uh, and then finally, with this one, will be quick. But uh, since Shu Chu, he they obviously sensed something in the air that yeah. he's going to be gone because yeah. they let his family come to the yeah. game tonight. Yep. And I think he's. I think I think he's gone. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. I think that you can read the writing on the wall, and you can really see that. The yeah. Rangers know it. Chu knows it. I, I like he's he's I think easily gone. Yeah. So which is a shame because I was I was super critical of him whenever they signed him, especially the deal to which they signed him. I remember you texting me yes. saying that was a terrible oh, deal. Awful deal. Awful deal. And I would say it wasn't awful. It, but it wasn't great, right? Like, like where, where, where have the Rangers gone since well, they've gotten you? The one, like one playoff or two playoff appearances. Here's the thing, though. It's, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know what I mean? But the the yeah. biggest the biggest thing about that offseason, the biggest failure was not Shinsu Chu. It was Prince Fielder and the, the oh, and man, but it couldn't have, it, it didn't have to right. be like he was producing, man. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things that you just never know. Yeah, of right. course. And, but, and dude, Kinsler had to go, man. There was, yes, dude, Kinsler there was, there was such an ego thing to there. Go. And look at what he did. Jack nothing, shit, nothing, Jack nothing. shit when he left. So, I mean, you want to look at like, he went over there and I think that he had the motivation because I remember seeing that he started off hot. Over yeah. there in Detroit. Well, he started off every year hot, but the second second half of the season, you might as well bench him. Yeah, he's he's yeah. Kinsler, Kinsler needed to go. He obviously Kinsler was huge for the Rangers in 2010, 2011. We'll will like always appreciate that. No, but he's just he's just Ian Kinsler was one of those guys that as soon as it came time 
to, and I know one listener that we have that's just going to fucking grill me for this, but, uh, <laughs> but Kinsler, whenever it came time and John Daniels needed him to be a leader, he just didn't want to. And so you had to get rid of him. Prince Fielder for Ian Kinsler. Like I, like you look at that, even still today, knowing what we know, I would probably still take well, that mean, trade. Look, look at their production. Yes. Ian Kinsler's career lasted longer than Prince Fielder's did, but what did those teams really get? I think out Prince. Of them? I think Prince you know Fielder I mean? was really a better locker room guy. Oh, I do too. So I, I like too. You, you at least get that much. I'll never forget. There was one time the dude could fly, like for, for a for big, big man. Guy, yeah. I wouldn't even say for a fucking big man because I remember one time he was he was running bases and someone clocked him and he was running thirty two miles an hour and the big joke was he was thirty two. Like, yes, yes, and the and the joke the joke no. was yes the joke no. was I promise you the joke between the team was is that they would always make fun of Prince Fielder for his weight and he would go he would look at him and be like man if I would sprint through a school zone a cop would have to pull me over and give me a ticket. Because he would technically be speeding. Yes, I promise you. 22, maybe. No, I swear to God, it was 30-something. It was 30-something. I will never forget that because I remember going, Prince Fielder? So maybe they might have maybe they might have flubbed the numbers, I guess. But dude, I'm telling you, an Olympic sprinter like 28. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you what they what they showed Mm. what they showed whenever he was rounding the whenever he was rounding third base one time, and they were saying that he was going 32 miles an hour. And the joke that season was is that if Prince Fielder was running through a school zone, he would get pulled over and get a ticket for speeding. So Usain Bolt's top speed in miles per hour. Is twenty seven point eight, dude. I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you what they said. I'm not saying that okay. that's the way that it was. I'm just telling okay. you what they told me on the TV. All right. So I I know that that sounds ridiculous. I'm just telling you what they said. All right. So maybe it wasn't thirty two. It was for sure over twenty five miles an hour because that was the joke. Is that Prince Fielder would have gotten a ticket for running in a uh, for speeding in a school zone if he would sprint through it. So school zones are twenty though. Not all school zones most so maybe it was 22 i don't I, like i don't know i'm just telling anyway, you it was, it was anyway, a long fucking time ago yeah it doesn't matter so but anyway prince prince fielder w- was just one of those guys i mean you can't really control and I, I think that goes to like the team going from like oh they're built to win for a while to uh-oh yeah that was like that turning point whenever prince fielder had to retire and yeah it, but but for everything that going getting back to uh chew yeah. here it's uh, for obviously he wanted to come here mm-hmm and you've got to appreciate that, especially yeah. whenever the Rangers were clearly not the same team that they were even just a few years prior. And like, everything was different. So as Chu, far as we know, he never asked for a trade. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and he's he, he stuck it out, and his numbers were... He, his numbers weren't always elite, but he always seemed to come up big. In, when you yeah, him whenever too. you needed him. Like, there were so many times where there were, like, and bases late, loaded, late and he took season. a walk. Late in the season, always got hot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's just it's just a shame that he he wanted to come here and they couldn't really produce for him because you're not going to build a team around you. No, you just never you never would ever. Even whenever he was young and he was playing for the Reds and he played for the uh, Indians. Mm, I, don't know. I think he played for the Indians too. But whenever he was young, you just still don't build a yeah. team around a guy yeah, like that. He, and that's why I those, was so critical about the contract. But he's one of those guys that like. He's an upgrade for your from your typical like just solid piece. You know what I mean? Like he's a good player. Yeah. Like the teams that have that win World Series, they have the 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 solid contributors. Now on a World Series team, Shinsu Chu, as like the numbers that he put up in Texas, Shinsu Chu would still be the everyday uh, an everyday starter, not just a, a piece. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Shinsuchu. Shinsuchu. Shinsuchu is one of those players that uh, you build, like you take him and you use it as an example mm-hmm. for a player around which you are building. Yes. You go, look, this is the kind of players that we're going to, like the Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Maybe not Scotty Pippen, maybe Dennis Rodman. Like Dennis yeah. Rodman to Michael Jordan. You yeah. know, it's like this is like the last piece that we need. Someone like this that's going to really come in the Joe Pavelski's of the world, the, the Corey Perry's of the world. Like yeah. you look at something like Alex Petrangelo who this off season, you look at stuff like that near you, you go, okay, now we're in business. Now yeah. we're fucking cooking. Yeah. So good for Chu hats off on like a, on a, on a great career. Uh, he, he may retire. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, hats off to a great Ranger career. I guess yeah. I would say. Yeah. Hall of Famer. That's one of those things. It's hard to say, man, because the Hall of Fame in most sports is a lower bar than it is in baseball. Let me let me. See. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. In that, and yes, baseball, it's they hard. take that shit seriously. So, OK, let me make the decision a little easier then. First ballot Hall of Famer. No, no, no. not at all. How many how many years do you think? If it, OK, first of all, do you think he gets it at all? He may. I think I, that's I think, not a, that's not I an think, answer. Well, listen, listen, I'm thinking out loud. I think yeah, I think he gets it on his final ballot though. You know what I mean? How many how many years for a final ballot? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because eventually, like, it, like there is a time. And that's every yeah. sport, isn't it? Like, eventually, like, yeah. there's a time there's whenever a, you there's fall a cut off. off where you, uh, otherwise, the list would be Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. How and long? I would probably venture to say no. I don't think so. I think that by yeah. the time I think that by the time that choose ballot comes around, I think that the people who vote for it will be, will look at it. And they'll they'll give him like his, his never, consideration. Yeah, he never got that ring. He never even got close to a ring. Oh, but look at the teams that he played. Yeah. Oh for. no, of course, of course. I mean, Rangers included. But it's I mean, Dave but, yeah. Winfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I just I say no. I okay. say no. I I just think that by the time that he gets to the end of his rope, people will look at it and be like, he's kind of a forgettable player. Like he like he was good. He wasn't great. I just think no. Or a Chan Ho Park. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Except Maybe Chan, not as much. The, the not as fell off. But of not guy. as much hype. Not yeah. as much hype. But yeah. <laughs> shit, whatever for you. Fucking wheels fell off. Of Any him. other players you want to talk about? Is this, is Chris Woodward's job safe? For now. Yeah. Of course. For okay. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. I think. I think that's one of those. That's a culture hire. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, I think a, that, that's yeah. a culture hire. So the, the culture coaches, you give them a while. Yes. You give them a while. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's eventually got to make this his team. And yeah. he's going to. And I bet yeah. you that's why John Daniels agreed to go younger. Yeah. Because Chris Woodward comes to him and says, I'm sure the guys are great. I'm sure they don't disrespect him. But they but have their really, ways. That, like, it's not his team They're right now. They're kind of set in their ways, too, maybe. Yeah, of course. They, like, a lot of older players uh, used to play. A lot of them used to be playing for Ron Washington and then uh, Jeff Bannister. Yep. And then Chris Woodward comes in, and you're like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, I like maybe it is an ego thing with some of the yeah, older like players. Now, now it's like, I'm on my third head coach. Like, who are you? Yeah, right. So I, I think that, that that's another reason why Chris Woodward was like, hey, give me my team. Give yeah. me my chance. Yeah. And I, I think that that's why John Daniels is like, okay, we're going to listen. We're going to, we're going to make this happen because whatever's, whatever we're doing right now is not working. And so I, but once again, I just think there's a lot of optimism for, yeah. for, for this team in such a bleak year. Like they're not going to turn around and win the world series next year. But no. I, I think that if they no. get a chance to produce for a full season, I just, I just think that this team's going to look pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like 2009 yet, but no, it feels, it feels no, like no, 2008. No. Maybe feels like 2008 where it's like we got some pieces and if they they start to pan out like 
we could be scary in a couple of years. Sure. Yeah, sure. But sure. They they just got yeah, could. Could. Sure. Who knows? Sure. All right. So that's is that it? You don't do you want to talk about any other players? Nah. No? Okay. So let's move on to my favorite minute of the podcast here. I guess we're doing minute and a half. I really don't have a whole I didn't lot. agree to the extension. <laughs> I don't, what are you talking about? We talked about this. Uh, so, but I don't even think I'm going to need a minute this week because since we are recording a day earlier, FC Dallas is playing Orlando right now. So the only game I have uh, to really go off of is kind of an embarrassing loss here. Atlanta FC for FC Dallas shut them out. The, th- the third worst team in the Eastern Conference shut out the third best team in the Western conference trying to fight for a true playoff spot. So they really needed to come out and play well against Orlando tonight. And it, it it appears that they are, it's nothing, nothing right now. It seems like that they're sticking to their game and the, the second half just got going. So hopefully this will be included in the soccer minute next week, but hopefully I'll be speaking of a very, very clutch, very, very hard fought, well-deserved win against Orlando. And, then we'll talk about all the other games this week because uh, the MLS released the rest of their schedule now. So we kind of know what it's going to look like because of, or for a while there, it looked like that this game against Orlando was not the last game of the season, but it was the only one that, re- that we really had to work with. And so for the rest of the week here, FC Dallas is playing for next week. They are playing... Columbus, there's a there's a big break here. They don't play at all until Saturday where they play Columbus. And they are the first team in the Eastern Conference. So here's hoping that they can uh here's ho- here's hoping that they can really just kind of get it all together. And even though they lost to Atlanta, they can they can win tonight against Orlando and then win next week against Columbus, two top teams in the Eastern Conference, and really show that this team is ready to play. So I'm thinking that they were overlooking Atlanta and maybe just lost sight of what they needed to do. So FC Dallas still looking good. They're fourth in the Western Conference now. If they can win tonight, it'll they'll they'll go up again just because everything is so close right now. Yeah, uh, they're only five, three, and four. So here's hoping. I know that I didn't really have a lot to work with and it was kind of a depressing week but fc dallas fc dallas fans keep on cheering keep on watching and i'll be here for you every week only one game this week though but it's against the number one seed in the eastern conference you're gonna find a way to watch it when what night is it saturday and, uh, yeah and it's a weekend i don't know what that noise was <laughs> but it's a weekend game it depends on what time Saturday, because if it's during the Longhorns... Seven, seven o'clock. If it's during the Longhorns game, fuck no. <laughs> you can record it. Watch it later. We're getting him thinking. No. Oh, see, we're going to get it, though. We're still getting the pause. FC Dallas and your Twitter people or your social media people, keep doing what you're doing, because that's at least convincing him to watch it. We're going to get him one of these weeks. Maybe playoff time, but let's hope that we have that problem in the future. How sad is it that the Twitter guy, like the FC Twitter, would be like, "Wait a minute, 
we could get an extra follower. Let's step it up, guys. No, it's, well, you get one extra <laughs> follower, and then our 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 massive audience here. If we can get both of us on top of it here, then we then we will uh, we can we can convince more people. So of course, FC Dallas on Twitter. I'm gonna reach out to him. I'm gonna see. I don't even have a Twitter account, but I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna try and reach out to him somehow, like, some way. Like, yeah, give you a shout out. We have a follower in Finland. At least one. At maybe least two. at least one. It, it it just depends. It might be two different people, but we've got two listeners in Finland. Maybe two different people who accidentally clicked. They're like, no, not that Kiviranta. I want another one. <laughs> we want the. We were looking for the uh, the play. Yeah. Like we, we wanted to hear the call from the Finnish people, and we just saw Kivi Ranta really it's big. Like, oh, and we, this, yeah, that's it right there. Oh, this isn't YouTube. <laughs> Our Finnish people, we're not laughing at you. We love you. Please no, tell your friends. We're making fun of ourselves. We, yes, we're this is, yeah, this is absolutely us, man. If it's you're just, listening, please keep listening. I Thank just you saw so it much. And I was like, why? Dude, you guys love your stars. <laughs> we love our stars, yes, man. We do. Please Helsinki keep out. Yes, we got it, baby. Come on now. So. All right, so we still got to know for Soccer Minute. Uh, we'll 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 get a yes next week, I promise, folks. After they kick the shit out of Columbus, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and convince them to watch. Holy shit! Nothing. Oh, okay. I was, I, I was just quoting. Yeah, uh, you were Animal just House. doing Animal House. Okay, yeah. I was I was I thought you were I thought you were about to tell me something spectacular. Bluto. Speaking of holy shit, let's. Uh, Let's go ahead and go into the Cowboys because holy shit. Yes, holy shit because they had such a better game this afternoon than I really thought that they were going to. I know that they didn't come out with the win and that's what's most important. And the secondary looked like trash. The secondary, that's the one thing that but we'll 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 get there. The uh pardon pardon Mal's chewing over there. He we took a we took a break there for a bit it for a bit it <laughs> we took a break for a bit and he made cookie break. he made some cookies that are just phenomenal so i will give him that much i'm going to ask that he does not chew into the microphone though please no oh, i'm taking off my headphones for that one <laughs> that is just disgusting <laughs> and i will fast forward through that later uh, so anyway, the Cowboys today, they still, thank you. They, uh, even though they lost and the secondary did look not so great, uh, just is still, I still think it's a very good sign for this team. It's shown, it shows that they can compete with those upper echelon teams because there was that stat that showed that the NFC West this year is eight and two the, for the season which is the best in the NFL, and the NFC East is two eight and one. It was still early. Oh yeah, of course, and, and I know that it's still not like that's those stats. Like you can only use what's in front of you, and those those stats will be drastically different by the end. I mean, I would hope that the NFC East doesn't lose two games all season, but still, like it just that is probably arguably the toughest division in football. And the Cowboys were able to go to Seattle. I know that there's there was no crowd, but they were able to go to Seattle, which is still no easy feat because they're having to travel through all this COVID shit, and that that brings a problem in and of itself. And they were able to focus and really stay neck and neck with those guys. I know, and and see, and the sad thing is, is too, is that I, Dak Prescott did he was he was fine, but he wasn't Dak Prescott today. 
It's it, it and I know that that last touchdown or touchdown. I know that that last interception that he threw was in garbage time, if you want to call it that. I don't know if you'd call it that because they were still going for the tie. So of course they're throwing for the end zone, and they still had six seconds left whenever he threw the interception. I think that you could have probably d- designed a better play than to just throw a hail mary with. Mm-hmm. 15 seconds left on the clock it's like throw like and and to Dak's credit he did almost get sacked on that play and he he showed a lot of athleticism in order to stay on his feet uh because it was very impressive but still I think that if it looks like a play is breaking down don't I, I, I don't know if this was part of the plan or not but don't just run to the end zone throw it away and you're gonna live to fight another day and have another down to go and uh I think that if they were to have tried to maybe shorten the field a little better, or yeah, shorten the field and get a better throw, I think that that would have been more ideal. I just, I just don't get the I just don't get the idea behind that. Which I mean, they get paid a lot more money than I do to come up with decisions like that. And another thing that I also noticed, if you want to talk about the game as a whole, I don't think that they were ever really put in a situation where Mike McCarthy was there to make some sort of gutsy call very aggressive call that we've really given him credit for especially last week and uh like it was just kind of like a normal game yes they went for two at one moment but that was because they were they they had missed two extra points and if they would have just kicked the field goal then i believe they would have been down 15 instead of 14 or it would have been down eight instead of seven i can't exactly remember but uh so of course you go for two there all the fourth down conversions that uh that the Cowboys attempted were all commonsensical. It seemed like it was something that uh, that anyone in their mind, in their right mind, would have called a fourth down conversion <clears> in that moment. It just, uh, and I'm not, li- I'm not like saying that the last play was like a huge problem. It just, it just didn't make sense to me. I just think that you had plenty of time uh, in order to make make the situation a little easier. I know you had to score a touchdown, but it just it, throwing a bomb to the end zone with six seconds left. It just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> but Alden Smith, though, I'm dude. That guy, what a fucking pickup he was. Like, and that's 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 that's. T- I think that that's um, Stephen Jones that made that that made that call to sign him. And most likely, yeah, mo- yeah, most likely, and likely. If it, it, whoever decided to do that, even if it was Jerry Jones, like fucking bravo, props, man, because the Cowboys do have a history of taking risks on risky players, questionable players, and it, players it's, with a with a history. Like, yes, like a, like a. Oh, okay, okay, yes, okay. I'm sorry, I thought you were, I thought you were mocking me. I was like, what, no, what did I say? No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no okay, no. I got you now. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Players with a history, and it hasn't panned out. It just hasn't for them. And this was one of those moments where I know we're only three weeks into it, but the dude had three and a half sacks today. Every single sack that was that 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 got to every every sack that Russell Wilson had today, it. It, it was either it him was or him he was or he was he was yeah. in on it. So it's just good for them, and he's going to be a fucking player for these guys. And I, it's just so good on the Cowboys for being able to pull the trigger on this and end up end up working out for him because it it really is paying off for him in the long run here so far, or in the short so, run so far. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just I really honestly like other than the secondary having its issues, which we've known. Since the beginning, because last year their secondary was questionable, and this year it looks like that that's going to be their Achilles heel, man. And they 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 it really, really got to they really got to find a way to clean that up because you're going to face more Russell Wilsons going down the road. 
Yeah, but in the NFC East, mm. no. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I mean, and speaking of the NFC East, let's kind of derail for a second. What in the fuck were the Eagles thinking today? Like, it's, it, I, I started kind of telling you about this beforehand, but it, in re, like, they were, they had the ball in overtime at the very end of the game, at the very end of overtime, and they were within range of their field goal kicker. He, it would have been a, uh, it would have been like a 49 yard field goal. They end up getting a false start penalty, and it backed them up five yards, and they punted. They punted, and I don't, like, that's just pretty, and then whenever they punted the football, the Bengals just took, the uh, the Bengals just took it and ran it and ran the clock down, and both teams were fine with the tie. Like, you don't, like, like teams that win, don't they, want the tie. They, I'd they rather take, lose than the tie. They take fucking chances. Like, even though it backed them up five yards, uh, the Eagles kicker, it was still questionable, but a 49-yard field goal would have been tied for his second longest in his career. Yeah. So <clears throat> even if it backs up five yards and he's out, maybe his longest was 50, but still, you either go out there and you tr- like you try and kick it or you try and throw a Hail Mary or something. Yeah. You don't just... You don't just punt it away, and it's it just shows you why the NFC East and the fucking winless Bengals last year are they won one game. I don't. I, I think they won zero games. Like it's like the Eagles are now on that level. The Bengals took the punt and went. Thanks for the tie. Now we're not going to lose every game this year, and we'll just take the tie too. And it's it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And these are this is the competition that the Cowboys are going to have this year. In their division, and that's they're going to run well, away the with this. The Eagles had to come back to even tie. Yes, it. they yes. had to come back, and they settled. For, I think that they looked at it and went, "Well, better than a loss." Yeah, like fuck that. Like you need to at least give it a go or something. And th- this was this was very Jason Garrett esque. Like I could I could see Jason Garrett making that call too, especially if it was against a team like Seattle. And if it was a tie, it's like well, better to tie them than to lose to them and all that stuff. And it's just that's that's not how. That's not how it's not an organization winner, should be ran. Mentality. No, it is not. Like you would much rather take a loss <clears throat> than a tie, and and so I just don't understand why, it, it, like why they like you even you, like. I would, I, I, I would I, rather I would rather lose trying to win. Yes, of course. And even if it does end up in a tie because the Eagles missed a fucking fifty-four yard field goal, there's no shame in that. And at least you tried. But this is like you just rolled over. Like after, after that's the thing. Yeah, we're we're talking about it. Like oh well, they they uh, they could have lost if they had. No, they they didn't even go for it. Like the the options were go for it. Worst case scenario, you tie or punt the ball and tie yeah yeah so it's like, like what's, literally you would lose nothing to go for it absolutely it's the only thing that <clears throat> possibly could have happened is if it was way short and then uh and the Bengals returned and it. the Bengals returned it but it, it it seems like that this this kind of kick is within his range because if it's if it's if it 49 is the second longest field goal of his career you know in practice he's probably taking 55 58 yarders and probably probably making them it's just different. It, maybe I don't know. That's just that's just purely speculation, Your Honor. But it's just it, it, it just I I will never understand a move like that. I'm sitting there listening to it on the radio, and even the Eagles broadcast people were because I was listening to the Eagles one, and they were even sitting there saying like I don't understand this with like this team and uh, like this is what you get with this team, and they understand that this is a a team that came in with all these high expectations, and they have still yet to win a game this year. 
And it, it's still like one of those things that you look at it and it's just it, like, this is why. Like that moment right there for the Eagles is why they are so terrible right now. Carson Wentz is playing like he's a Dak Prescott fan. Like the whole debate between, oh, would you have rather had Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? And for a couple of years there, it was questionable. No, it's not even a question anymore. Not at not all, Not even a man. question anymore. Nope. Because like, I mean, the, even because even the Eagles, their Super Bowl win wasn't even with Carson Wentz. No, it was Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, he dude. was on the team, but but I mean, it was but Nick, he was injured. Yeah, he was, was injured, and, and that's that's another history with him. It, yeah, it gets just it, he he just he can't stay healthy. Yeah. And you spent a first round pick on him. The Cowboys got Dak Prescott in the fourth. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that's. Uh, Funny how funny how everything kind of even. Good job, Philly. Yeah, I know. Good job, Philly. Like you Good got job. your. I mean, you got your Super Bowl. Congratulations, and it's it's a lot more recent than the Cowboys yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah, but now you're coasting. Yeah, of course. It seems like that they got there once again. Like we're good enough with the tie. Mm-hmm. It seems like Philadelphia is like we're good enough with the one Super Bowl. You're welcome, Philly. Please don't boo us anymore. And, yeah. and it's yeah. I I have a rule that says that you get five years of no complaints after a championship. Like you get five years to just sit there and say, well, we can't be even if they don't make it or if they miss playoffs, it doesn't matter. We got it. Philly right now is allowed to bitch more so probably than if they had never won a Super Bowl because it, it the organization themselves is a content organization. And I, I, shame on me for thinking that Dallas would actually lose to this team. And I, they still might. They still might. They still might. If a team could, this team could. And yeah. it's just, uh, by this team could, I mean <clears throat> this team could lose, not that right, this yeah. team could beat yeah. Dallas. It's just, I, but I don't see it happening, man. Like Dallas has shown me, especially over these last three weeks, that they come to fucking play. Yeah, and I think that the I think that the Mike McCarthy hiring once again, and this is this has nothing to do with me being a Packers fan, like because I like born and raised in Dallas, the, the Dallas Fort Worth area, so I've I've been around the block. Pro- I probably know more about the Cowboys than I do about the Packers, and it's it, it seems like, and so I'm not singing Mike McCarthy's praises because he used to be a Packer. Like that's that's not, if anything, like I'd be more critical of him because of that. And, but, but still, I think that that hire changed everything in the locker room. I think that, I think that you put in a coach that is here. Obviously the coach wants to prove himself because he did not want to leave green Bay. Very emotional exit. Uh, Someone posted it on his social media account. Like whenever he was leaving Lambeau field for the last time, he did not want to go. And do you think him going to the Cowboys is of any coincidence? The team that Mike McCarthy, quite frankly, owned while he was coaching Green Bay. All the big moments, everything that happened. Shit, he won a Super Bowl in the Cowboys stadium. So I think that he wants to go back to the Cowboys, get a chance to face the Packers, and show them that they made a mistake. So you see that passion coming into that room. He wants a second chance, and now he's getting it. Not just getting a second chance, but getting probably the ultimate second chance by coaching on a team that is the most popular, the most revered, the most intimidating, I think, as an organization. Maybe not as a team right now, but as an organization. It's very with the The history history and everything. America's team. All that stuff, it, it, like it's whether you think that America's team is ridiculous or not, it's still there, and it's they're still the, the thing. Yeah, they're they're the only uh, football organization right now that you could say has had multiple times that you could call them a dynasty. Sure, multiple absolutely. Times in their period, the Patriots, obviously, you know they they've they're a dynasty now. Whatever, what get out of here. I don't care. But 
they don't have multiple stints of that. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the sixties and the seventies and the nineties. They don't have that. But see, but you can see it coming, man. Like I, I, I don't know about, I don't know about anyone else, but you can see it coming because it, it, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CD lamb now. And then, uh, God, I knew I was going to forget Gallup. his name. Well, Michael Gallup, but whoever number 11 was today who had two touchdowns, his first catch in the NFL was the was a touchdown catch, and it was it was like a forty something yard touchdown catch. So it's maybe he's their Kivi Ranta, like this guy that no one has ever heard of, yeah. and <clears throat> and now there's no scouting report on him. The only thing that they have is that he burned Seattle's fucking secondary twice, and Dak Prescott has like a new probably like third favorite receiver now that Randall Cobb isn't there anymore. Shiny new toy. Yeah, I mean, and and, and use him. Use him because no one's going to know how to cover him. They're not going to know where his weaknesses are. And until they get there, like, like use it, use it to your advantage. And I think Mike McCarthy is going to see that and he's going to know it. It depends on, uh, it depends on if like what his route tree is like, if, if he can, it's Wilson, by the way. Um, what's his first name? Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Thank you. Yeah. Cedric Wilson. Like he didn't even like those gaudy little cowboy touchdown things that Fox does at the bottom whenever they score, like, Zeke had his picture. Amari Cooper had his picture, uh, but it, but it showed him, and it was just Cowboys touchdown and his name, but there was no picture. So the dude is just so under the radar that Fox didn't even have like a little hype picture of like, show me what you do if you score a touchdown, and we'll put that on, we'll put that little icon next to your name. He had uh, five receptions, seven targets, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Dude, crazy man. And I, I believe that his second touchdown, they they held him, and they threw a flag. I knew that they threw a flag. I don't know if they held him or if it was another receiver, but I know it was on Seattle, and he still torched him. Yeah, like like that's just it's absolutely insane. So you want to talk about the Rangers and, and and their future looking bright? The Cowboys in their presence, their present is looking bright. I think, and I think that this year. There's going to be some bumps and some bruises, and I think that there's going to be a learning curve with Mike McCarthy, and like he's got to gel with Dak and Zeke and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think you give it time. I, I I think that this this team is going to be just as good as they always should have been, and this is going to pretty much just show that Jason Garrett should have been fucking gone years ago. Oh, but, so long. Ago. But Mike McCarthy wasn't there, so I it, maybe holding on to Garrett was <clears throat> I, I, like like through through some sort of crazy luck like the stars have aligned and this is working and it it looks great so as and you can take my word for this because i'm not being a an optimistic cowboy fan once again don't hate the cowboys but they're not my number one team i can look at the cowboys without wearing the fan goggles and be be blinded by that and i and i can tell you as a casual cowboys watcher this team looks good and it looks it looks it looks really good, and it looks poised to not only make the playoffs but probably make some noise. My my only thing, especially when it comes to the playoffs, is the defense has to get better. The defense has to get better. But uh, people complain about the pass rush not getting home, although they did get four sacks today on on uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, the the unsackable. But, but the the. Problem is the coverage. The coverage breaks down too quickly, and the opposing quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff did it 
Matt Ryan did it. Yeah. The opposing quarterback. Russell Wilson fucking did it today, man. Like, that's the thing. Dude, yeah. Ru- like, that was the difference. Russell Wilson and his fucking five touchdown passes yeah. today. Like, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. So if you want to get, if you want to talk about, like, where the Cowboys really do need to, and the sad thing is, is that whenever you get Mike McCarthy, he's a Cliff Kingsbury kind of coach. He is very offensive first. I don't know if he's doing the same thing, but I know in Green Bay, he was the head coach and offensive coordinator. Like, he just, he is very involved with the offense. The defense is secondary. Yeah. And it's, so I don't know. I think that Mike McCarthy thinks that he's got an offense that can, that can hang with the elite offenses. uh, And, and, and he's going to focus solely on that. And so, I mean, sure. I yeah, like on paper, yeah, they can hang with any of the elite offenses. But at this, I mean, and I think they proved that today. Yeah. But at the same time, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like I was getting to the defense there too. Like you have to, have you to have to stop. I mean, look at the fucking 2011 Packers, man. They the one of the best offenses. They only lost one game all year, and then they get beat the first game against the Giants, who had a far superior defense oh yeah then the Packers then anyone did that year and they proved it whenever they took down the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl so I, that's the one thing that I I don't know if Mike McCarthy has learned his lesson or not whenever it comes to not focusing so much on the defense and it appears right now that he hasn't and so I'm wondering if uh I'm wondering if he will address that or not. I mean, he's going to have to because if you're going to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. You're going to see Drew Brees in the playoffs. You're going to well, ooh. maybe. I mean, I don't know because I mean, it's, I'm just saying like those are the ti- those are the kinds of like offensive personalities that you're going to see, and mm-hmm. they're good enough to pick through a fucking sh- shitty secondary. Like th- they can pick through a mediocre or even a good secondary. Like, what do you think they're going to do to yours? Yeah. Uh, real quick note: you said the 2011. Uh, Patriots were undefeated until they faced the Giants. It was 2007. Oh, okay. Then th- yeah. that must okay. Then that th- that must have been the th- that was the second time that they. Yeah, that was the second. Yeah, time. Was, the Patriots weren't undefeated to that point. No, no, they weren't. Yeah. So you're right. That's my bad. But they still still it's took so, down the Patriots yeah, yeah, yeah. again, like, again, again. Yeah. Like that's so unheard of. Eli Manning is a super, is a uh, is a Hall of Famer on that alone. Yeah, I know, and that's such a shame. On that alone, I know. But see, and I disagree with it. But at the same, you can't you can't keep him out of the fucking Hall of Fame. Like you can't undefeated against the Patriots I in the Super know, Bowl. I know, and no one else on the face of the earth can say that. Undefeated uh, well, in the Super Bowl. Nick, 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 I guess Nick Foles can. Well, yeah. He only had one crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum but, two attempts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It must be this uh, tall to ride. Though. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I mean. Your, I, your mouth must be seven inches open at all times to claim this. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know what? He We make fun of him all the time, but he's laughing at us. He's laughing right back at us all the it's way so to much, the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, but it's so much easier for him to laugh because he doesn't have to open his mouth because it's already open. <laughs> it's already opened. <laughs> Do you think he can giggle or do you think it's just a laugh? Yeah, I'm trying to think about like how I would giggle with my mouth open. I don't think you can. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't. No, you yeah, you can't. How do we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The the Cowboys that's the but <clears throat> Eli laugh out loud Manning. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm just going to try something and it's not going to work. So uh, the Cowboys, their their defense is is gonna be an issue this year, and it's going to be exploited. Uh, I 
I still think my 11 and 5, it's at 11 and 5, right? Yeah, I still think no, my you, you five, uh, yeah, 11 and 5, yeah. I still think my 11 and 5 uh prediction is in play. Obviously it's still in play cuz they haven't lost 5 games, you know what I mean? But it's looking a little iffy now. So excuse me. You get 6 games against the uh the NFC East. Right now they're all looking like wins. Uh, and I mean, and see, here's the good news for Cowboys fans here. Here's your next three games. The Browns win. The Giants win. The Cardinals. Oh, uh, Kyler. Murray. Who knows? I know. I know. I had that as like one of those easy walkthrough wins for him. But I mean, it, it, who knows what's going to happen with. Here's the thing. And yes, I'm biased because I'm a Texas fan. Kyler Murray. I'm still not impressed. Still not impressed yet. If he keeps this up all season then then yes that will be impressive i don't think he can do it well and see they they lost to the lions today they lost to the winless lions like 2020 again like yeah. like it's just who the yeah, fuck who knows? knows and we'll have a, obviously we'll have a better idea by the t- in in 3 weeks time yeah. whenever the cardinals come so to let's, town let's say that let's call that a win okay who's who's after that then uh the the washington football team win yeah and see here they here they ooh Here's the Cardinals wins. I know. Hold on just real quick. They beat Washington last week, yeah. but then they beat the 49ers. Yeah. The first game of the year. So it's just that that'll be yeah, that'll the be 49ers it, don't even try to play offense. No, I know. It's just well, because, well, because they're all fucking injured. That's true. Everyone on their offense is injured right now. So it's so who but that was the first game of the year. So yeah. it's so they weren't injured at the start of that game. So who who knows? Who knows? But uh but then yeah, then it goes Washington win. Then the Eagles win. Yeah, I mean, you would you would fucking hope the Steelers. You never know what you're going to get with Steelers, especially yeah, especially Ben Roethlisberger. They, I don't think they've looked very good so far. Well, this dude, year. they're three and zero. They are. Yeah, the Steelers are three and zero. They beat the Texans today. Well, and then <laughs> uh, then they beat the Broncos. What do you want, a cookie? And then they beat the Giants. Okay. So who on. have they played? And then uh, they got the Titans next week, then the Eagles, then the Browns, then the Ravens. So they might be undefeated going into that game against I don't the know, Ravens. The, the the Titans were pretty good last year. Yeah, I know. Oh, they, they were a surprise. They were a surprise last year. They made the wild card, and then they, they, I mean, to their credit, they won the games that they weren't supposed to win. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, so the Cowboys' schedule, though, is looking... Pretty, pretty, pretty good here. I think. Uh, let me. Pretty see. favorable. Yeah, pretty favorable. I, 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 and see, but even whenever I made my predictions, I had them going zero and three, and then I had them winning four straight. So this is this is all still. I mean, that that still could happen again, and then the Cowboys could end up being far better than I really thought that they would because they've already won one more game than I thought that they were going to. So, or at least in the first three weeks, then they got the Vikings. Which have not looked good. No. Then they got the then they got Washington again. Then they got Baltimore at Baltimore. Oh, uh, it's a loss. Uh, I mean, yes, but but still, that's that's, that's one loss. of the. Uh, but, uh, maybe it's understandable. If, if it's if it's, it's a definitely loss, definitely understandable. If, it's easy to say it would be a loss, but see, they they proved once again that they can hang with those teams. I think that, but, well, but oh, but Baltimore plays defense. I know, I know, and they always have, they always have, and the Cowboys and don't. So I think if you get into a shootout with them, so like that, like by that time, what week is that? That's and and the two. the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, and Devin Duvernay, who they just got from the the Longhorns, who dropped seriously. This is not an exaggeration. He dropped two passes 
his entire college career. Two drops. They're going to lose that game. But see, that's week 12. Do you, you don't think that Mike McCarthy gets the defense figured out by then? Maybe. Like, that's a know. long time from now, man. Like, I, shit, yeah. there's probably going to be fans in the stands by then. I don't know. Uh, I still, I'm looking at that, though. I'm still looking at the Ravens and how good the Ravens are. I think, of course, I, I think the Ravens are the favorites for the Super Bowl this year. And see, they're going to, they're, they're so fucking hungry now because yeah. of what happened last year. Very yeah. similar to the 2011 Packers. You know, like they, they, like everyone was waiting for them and the Chiefs to play each other. And then they got upset by just a really hot team in Tennessee. So good on them. And so, but by week 12, and then they got the Bengals. Then, oh, wait, that might be week 13. I, yeah, that's that's week 13 because I, I skipped their bye week. Yeah. And then they've got the Bengals, which should be a win. Should be, yeah. Then they got the 49ers, and that'll depend on if everyone's healthy or not. But it's the 49ers coming to Dallas. Yeah. So, that, and even still, with the history between those teams, it's it, that's just going to be a fucking great game to watch, I think. Yeah. Then the Eagles and then the Giants. So even dude, they might go twelve and four. Dude, they might be they might be eleven and three or thirteen. Thirteen. And three. I'm so sorry. They might be thirteen and three numbers and stuff. So who knows? This team at nine and seven, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I the only but the watch, only reason, watch them go eight and eight. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think so. Not under Mike McCarthy. I, I don't think, think so either. I think Mike. I think Mike McCarthy. You're gonna live and die. You're gonna be two and fourteen or fourteen and two. It's, but you're not gonna be mediocre with that coach. And I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him dropping a whole lot of those games because a lot of those games are very easy. Very favorable. They, the Cowboys they, not they making the playoffs. Winnable right the, the Cowboys now, not but... making the playoffs last year is probably one of the best things that could have happened to them because yeah. now they're not playing playoff teams. They're playing a bunch of teams that were really, really shitty last year. It just sucks that they have to go through the AFC East as well because that's going to be Pittsburgh and um, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. But yeah. thankfully, they got the Bengals, so yeah, they got that going for them. Yeah, and the Browns. Yeah. So, so that's so that's going to be fine. And I, th- Cowboys fans. Please do not be all disheveled from the loss today. They they put up a fight. This wasn't a loss that they went down and stayed down. They went down swinging. Yeah. And this is the, this is the kind of thing you want to see from a team like this because fighting and earning every yard and clawing for that inch, as Al Pacino would say, it, that's that's what the game's about. And you do that enough, you're you're gonna you're gonna start seeing W's. Got to get that W, boys. Got to get that W, boys. Uh, anything else to add before we switch over? I did have something and I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank on what it is. So I guess it must not have been very important. I didn't derail you. Did I? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To be honest, I wasn't paying much attention to you. Thanks. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well then, if you don't have anything else, then we will uh, we'll switch over to the Dallas Stars. Speaking, and speaking of stars, speaking of stars, yikes, was I wrong? And it, I, we both were. Oh my god! Well, no, you're still you, you're still in the running. No, I. Oh said, no, that's right. You said in six. Yeah. I, yeah. I. Oh my gosh! And you know what? Like, I need to apologize first of all to all the hockey fans that are out there because. As a hockey fan, it's especially in the finals, 
I should have never just jumped on that bandwagon just after, after that the first, first game, game high yeah. and the way that they beat Vegas and they dominated Vegas. I just thought that this was just going to be a cakewalk. And it, that's as a hockey fan, that is such a rookie mistake on me. And I do like. I, Maybe I'm just apologizing to myself. I don't know, but I do like I. I just let my emotions get the better of me, and I and I shouldn't. I I shouldn't have done that. But it's also so hard not to get wrapped up in the moment. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you think about like that's the thing. The stars right now have a very very compelling story. Obviously, we're biased, but I think of the two teams, they have the more compelling story considering everything that they've gone through this year. And so I think that a lot of people, even if you're not, if you're not a stars or a a lightning fan, I think you're looking at it and you probably go, well, the stars overcame a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. What was I saying? Okay. So back at it, you were saying that the stars had a more compelling story. Yeah. I think, I think if you're not a stars fan or a Tampa fan, but you're just a hockey fan, I think you look at the, look at the two teams. And I think most people are probably rooting for the stars. You know what I mean? Just because of what they've gone through this season. If you've been paying attention, you know, like they've gone through a coaching change. They had the terrible start. One, seven and one. Yeah. They, they, at one point, we're the hottest team in hockey. Dude, they I'm had, telling you. Like the, they had the the uh, the Winter Classic. They were on a skid. They looked like they may have even like dropped out of playoffs. They come into the, the bubble. They don't do well at all. They lose the first two games to Calgary. And it's no, like, well, yeah. here we go. And then, holy shit. Yeah, I know. And then it was like, as soon as Joe Pavelski scored that goal to make it, uh, to tie it, in game four, and they could have gone down three one if Joe Pavelski doesn't score that goal and yeah. he gets that hat trick. I, like that's that's the turning mo- that's the turning point. But see, here's the thing with Tampa is I was very critical of them saying that they did not have any adversity, and they, I mean they they did they did because yeah, it was oh yeah. they they, they oh got yeah. swept in that first round, which should have been their Stanley Cup year. So it, like it really should have last year, just because they're like they really are that good. It, oh, it, like they, you don't you don't win sixty games. They proved it, and they added Pat Maroon sixty two games. Well, no, like over sixty games. Yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. And yeah. and they added Pat Maroon, who is a physical presence. He's a veteran of the game. And he won the Stanley Cup last year. And I said, you sir asshole. are no Ryan. See, I'm telling you, you <laughs> sir are no Ryan Reeves. What an idiot of me to say that. That I I just was bitter of Game Seven last year against the Blues. I guess, but. Pat Maroon, he is just as much of, a, of an agitator as anyone out there on the face of the earth. He's no Ryan Reeves, but Ryan Reeves is no Pat Maroon either. Well, yeah, I, that's that's what I was about to say. Is like, I just I don't think he tries to be as much of an agitator as Ryan Reeves. But Ryan Reeves, that's his, that's his game. Pat Maroon can score. Yes, on you. I know, and he he can move. He can check as hard as anyone in the league. He's I mean he's he is good, and I was very critical of him last game. But once again, uh, not last game, but last podcast, and I was just riding high, and uh, I just I let my emotions get the better of me, and it's just it, what a fool I was. So, but now that we got that out of the way, let's go. Let's go let's, ahead. And, well, let's let's look at what we. Have seen from this team right now. So when we last left you, the Stars were they they dominated Game One and they were up on the series one nothing, and Tampa Bay came back that next game and they proved why they are not going to be out of it. I like that that first period that they had. They came out and scored three goals quick. But it, but the whole game was really really close. It was neck and neck. But it was those three goals that 
Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was very reminiscent. Like the the way of, I watched uh, it, it was yeah. Game Two against Vegas. Like yeah. they had they had a four minute window. They being Tampa had a four minute window where they looked dominant, and then that was it. And then that was it. And the stars came right back at them, and it like they almost they almost tied it right mm-hmm. there. They like that, and that would I think if the stars would have came back and won Game Two, I think that the series would have been over. I think if especially if they went up three nothing, the stars came back. Forced overtime and won in overtime, I think the series would have been over. I, I just do because I think that Tampa would have had that mentality of, here we go again. Oh, shit. Like, we can't, like, this team dominates us whenever they're winning and they dominate us whenever they're losing, and you just can't put them away. And so I think that it was huge for Tampa to be able to keep that third goal off the board because that really changed everything right then and there. And whenever they, it got tied, uh, that tied the series at 1 1. Yeah. The the issue from in games two, three, and four, more so three and four, but the issue for the stars in games two, three, and four, power play. Oh, dude, it's, absolutely, it's, it's and penalties. we'll and we'll 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 get there whenever we talk about the next game. The the last thing I do want to highlight from game two was congratulations to Joe Pavelski, Papavelski. There, he. Pop- he scored Papa, he scored Papa in the Vosky. he scored in the, he scored in the second period and that tied him with with Mike Madano for the most yes. for the second most goals scored by an American born player and how fitting of him to do it in a Dallas Stars uniform right. like it just yeah. like to pay homage to that you know he looked up to Mike Madano whenever he was a kid yeah yeah and 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 so it's it, what a moment that probably was and of course he doesn't care the only right. thing he cares about is the loss, and I, I, I genuinely believe that whenever he says it. Yeah. But I think that once the dust settles, he'll look back. Whether they, whether the stars yeah. win the cup or not, he'll look back, and he'll probably have a holy shit moment. Like, spoiler alert: I'm the number one American-born player for goals scored in the playoffs all time, all fucking time. Yes. That is a, uh, that is such a huge accomplishment like it it's unheard of patrick kane hasn't even done that and there are a lot of people that say that patrick kane is better than mike madonna as the american-born player and you know what watching him play i might believe him i might believe him that dude just does not stop and he keeps going and i think that once this is all said and done patrick kane is probably going to be the best obviously he's the most decorated but i think he's going to be the most skilled player ever from america until Austin Matthews gets going. I really just see a lot going for him. But anyway, congratulations to Joe Pavelski on scoring that goal in the second. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it just sucks that they couldn't get a win for him. Yeah. <clears throat> so then we've got the atrocious game three. It got out of hand in a hurry. Oh, man. it got it got out of hand in that second period super fast. Well, even was, in the first period because they were down 2 nothing. Well, they were up 2 nothing. Well, no, I'm sorry. They being the stars, the stars were down to nothing, and then Jason Dickinson gets a gets that shorthanded goal. Oh yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I mean, how, how, like it's just crazy right, how yeah. how that how that play broke down. And it, yeah, like, normally it's the longhanded. That's that scores. that's kind of like the. <laughs> Mal likes to call instead of saying that the team is shorthanded, he likes to say longhanded. I know that we've made that joke already. We just haven't explained it. So, and I hate it so much, and I hate that he knows that I hate it. But yeah, I mean, it's after Jason Dickens had scored that shorthanded goal, it was kind of like whenever Tampa got that fluky goal in the first period of game one, yeah. it didn't really feel like 
yeah. that they were dominating and that they've like, oh, well, thank Christ, like 2-1 instead of 2 nothing. Like, it, it really just didn't feel like it, and you just knew that something bad was going to happen. Yeah. So, and it's so funny because I kept talking about how if Tampa didn't get their power play going, this is going to be a short series. Oh, well, yeah. Tampa's gotten their power play going, and it was almost a short series. And yeah. it's, so it's spoilers again. They're still in it. So, But uh, they come out, and Victor Hedman in the second period uh, immediately. Like, I, I I remember whenever Radulov I, – I, I wasn't watching the game because I was a, at work. With a quickness, man. But Radulov came out uh, – came out. Radulov got that hooking penalty at the very end of the third period – Mm-hmm. first period and whenever they didn't score and i knew that tampa was going to come out and they were going to have a clean sheet of ice and almost a minute and a half on a power play like i i just knew in my gut that they were going to score and sure enough they did they come out and they score and they get their two goal lead back almost immediately yeah as soon as they get back out on the ice and it just it was just all fucking tampa from there because then Braden point scores uh then uh, Oli Plot scores, and then Miro Haskinen gets a backhanded shot right there at the very end of the game, but just still, it just garbage numbers. Like, it's good to see him get... No, Miro Haskinen, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 Miro Haskinen, I'm so sorry. Yanmark scored the last goal Yeah, in, in game two, and we'll get to we'll get to Yanmark later. But yeah, good for Haskinen. It's good to see him get back on the board, get a point, uh, because he hasn't... I wouldn't say he's had a bad Stanley Cup final. It's just bad for him. Yeah, by his standards. Not bad. It's just not, he's just not, not Miro. Yeah, it's not, but what, it, it's not what we've even seen. He's been more defensive. Playoff. He's been more defensive. He's than, had to. Yeah, I know. I, of course to. you have to, because Tampa's just fucking lived in Dallas's own games two, three, and four. Oh, dude. Like, they just, they just parked in there, and they just had to be. And you know who really has had a bad uh, Stanley Cup final is Essa Lindell. And see, I'm telling you, like, I'm putting the curse on people. I keep talking about, like, Essa Lindell is a bad man, and you don't want to fuck with him. Fuck Pat Maroon for being a for being a wuss out yeah, there on the ice yeah. and just oh, all this and, stuff. And Tampa and Bay can't get their... Tampa Bay can't get their power play, power play going. going. Anton Hudobin is unfucking beatable And everyone fucking... Everything that I said changed at the drop of a hat. It was like, drop the puck for game two, and everything that I was critical about or praising about... Boom, went the other way around because Tampa, I can't remember the exact number because uh, Razor said it on the announcement uh, on the uh, the radio. Yeah. He said that of Tampa's 15 goals that they've had, Esselin has been on the ice for 12 of them. Ooh. Yeah. So he. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He has not had a good. It's just been rough for him, man. And a lot of bounces just aren't going his way. And it just sucks because those are the kind of. You need those bounces in order to win, mm-hmm. and he's he's just not getting them, and it's such a shame because he really has looked great this entire playoffs. So that game, uh, game three, got out of hand quick, but then here's the one that we can probably spend forever and a day talking about, but it was game four, and Dallas comes out swinging showing Tampa Bay that they're not going to go down without a fight because Klingberg comes out and scores. Pavelski comes back and scores and passes Mike Madano in this game. So once again, congratulations to Joe for doing that. But then right there at the very end of the first period, Braden Point gets a breakaway and scores and 
it, there's nothing you can do. But, I mean, well, it, there is something you can do. You about don't. It. I mean, you yeah, don't but, give up that goal. That's yeah. what you do. And see, that was a moment. It wasn't like Dickinson's goal. It wasn't like his shorthanded goal in game two, where it was. And I don't know if this is just because I'm looking through it through the eyes of a Stars fan, but as soon as Braden Point scored that, because Dickinson's goal was like halfway through the first period, which you know goals happen between the first minute of the period and the last minute of the period. It just happens. But a rule in hockey is you do not give a goal in that first minute or give up a goal in the first minute or the last minute of a period because if you give it up in the first, it sets the tone for the period. If you give it up in the last, then you have to let that dwell while you're on the intermission. Whether you're up a bunch or not, like you give up a goal. Okay, well, if you're up a bunch, it's different, but whether you're winning or losing, if you give up a goal right there at the very end, it's going to fuck with your head. And as soon as he scored and it was right there at the very end of that first period, I just, once again, I just had a feeling in my gut. It's like, you can't give up that goal. You can't, you, you throw your fucking stick at him or something. You do something, you take a penalty, you do what you need to do in order to prevent that goal because it's just unacceptable. Yeah. So, and it turns out, sorry, I didn't mean to slide away from the mic there. It turns out that that was the difference. That was the difference in the game because Braden Point comes out again almost immediately in the second period. On and a power play. On a power play. Once again, a power play that went from the first into the second. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, here's, here's a stat for you. Going into game five. No, it, w- it wouldn't have gone. It, it, it had to have happened early in the second. I didn't watch the game, but I, it had to have been early in the second because it was a power play goal scored at 208 in the second. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it couldn't have it couldn't have carried anyway, over. Anyway, uh, it might as well have. It though. might as well. It might have. as well have because yeah. you you have but as smooth device smooth devices you can get. Here's a stat for you. Okay. Going into Game Five, the Tampa Bay Lightning had scored 14 goals. Of those 14, seven were on the power play. Seven. Yeah. And you and you and toss those, out toss out Game One because their one goal was not on the power play. Yeah. So in a Three game span, seven fucking power play goals. First of all, three game span, seven power play chances. Maybe, maybe we'll 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 hold, anyway. put put a pin in that for one second. We'll get to it. Um, then Corey Perry comes out and he he scores on on a little tip in like and and you know this is why you bring Pavelski and Perry here. Did they produce? During the season, not as much as we not would as like. Not as much as you would have wanted. But, this, yeah. but it's these moments why Jim Nil signs guys like that, and yep. it's paying off for him, and yep. it, it'll pay off for him again going forward. But so Corey Perry comes in. Sagan gets the primary assist, so good for Sagan. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Sagan is, is that a lot of people are saying that— people. A lot of people are saying that you can't—he's not— producing he's not getting points he's not scoring goals he's got five points over the last two games but see he's he's doing the little things yeah he's doing he's blocking just shots the goals aren't going for he's it. getting it. he's getting sticks in the lane he's hustling he's doing he's doing what needs to be done so sagan has actually had a fantastic stanley cup finals same with ben it's just they're not getting the the oh ben had a moment there in game two and he i almost it almost made me look smart because i told you because tampa was pushing they were holding that one goal lead and they were just forcing it down in the end and i said to you i said if they can just get down there and set up they'll score 
And they get down there, they set up, and Klingberg, who had a phenomenal game two, like he just did. It just sucks that people are going to remember the flub shot that he had at the end yeah. there. But it, but he had a phenomenal game two, great passing. Yanmark got that goal, but that was Klingberg's goal. Yanmark just happened to, Yanmark did what he does. He's always in the right place at the right time. And Klingberg just passed it, it was patient with it, passed it to him, and it went off his stick into the yeah, net. Yeah, it's, it's almost like he shot it off of his stick. Yes, like, and of course, that's what he was aiming for. He wasn't aiming yeah. for it, it was a no, shot yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good for Klingberg. Uh, but anyway, so just because Sagan's not getting the points, and he is now, because like you said, but uh, he's still, he's doing all the little things. And then whenever they were down there, anyway, going back to that, uh, Klingberg, they get down there, Klingberg slides the pass across to Ben, and you, if you slow down the replay, Ben was in the slot, no one in front of him, and he had Vasilevsky sliding across. But the top, from Ben's perspective and the camera angle's perspective, the top left of the net was wide open. And if you slow down the replay, and it'd be nice if Jamie Ben had this option too, but he doesn't. But if you saw the replay, he should have shot five hole. Yeah, the five hole like Vasilevsky got over, covered that opening super fast, but he left his five hole wide, wide open. open. Yeah, but Ben was aiming to paint the corner and just missed the net. So, he, but they almost made me look smart there because I said, I said, if they can get down there and set up, they'll score, and they almost did it immediately. So, too bad he, they didn't. He, Paul missed the net. Oh. <laughs> I hate you so much. The the worst worst commercial, commercial, man. Oh my God. The worst, like as good as Super Bowl commercials claim to be. That's how bad that commercial is. That's how bad the hockey playoffs commercials are always like towards the end, whether you're rooting for people or not, the commercials are very repetitive and they just get old after like during the first round. Like it's, you see the same seven or eight commercials. Every commercial shot. Uh, $5 foot long, the uh, Adina Manzel commercial, the John Stamos oh, yeah. commercial. Oh, my God. Just fucking enough. And so then they go uh, into the third period after Corey Perry scores, uh, Yanni Gord scores to uh, to tie it 3-3. Alex Killorn comes out in the third, puts Tampa Bay up 4-3. Joe Pavelski comes up huge. Dude, pop, pop, dude. pop, pop, pop. Popovelski. Dude, he comes up huge, ties it 4-4, is now the number one American-born NHL goal scorer. Dude, you just get moving on. Like good, good, good for fucking Joe Pavelski, that, man. That wasn't that wasn't that he he was tied for number one. That's oh the, he was the, tied for number the, one on that. Goal, it was yeah, the, the goal it was the, the game last night. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what it was. So he ties Joe Mullen. That's what it was. He ties yeah. Joe Mullen. Yep. In uh Oh, okay. So then Still, I had so then I had it wrong. This game because he scored two goals this game. So yeah, this is why I need to have paper in front of me. Uh, but yeah, no. In this game, he passes Madano and then ties Joe Mullen. Yeah. So good, good for for, for Pavelski. So let's talk about penalties. So I mean, I'm not as heated as I was the other night. No, no. But so let's just address the elephant in the room. Okay. If. You're going to be a typical Dallas fan and blame the refs. You have to acknowledge that in every sport, in every sport, penalties don't always result in points. And your good teams will take penalties in stride and limit the points. Right? That's how good teams work. I'm not saying the Stars aren't a good team. I'm saying... 
right now, if it weren't for the penalty trouble, and we can talk about if they were ticky-tacky calls, some of them were absolute horseshit, some of them they didn't get called, but, I mean, they, the refs have tried to make it even, Stars haven't scored on their power plays, and they haven't stopped Tampa. Right. Right, that's I mean, what it comes down in the, to. In the end, that's what it comes down to. But five on five hockey, the stars are kicking the shit out of Tampa yeah, Bay they, right now. Yeah, I know they really are. I mean, th- shit, Tampa has seven seven goals on the power play right now. Like, yeah, it's, seven. That's, that's that seven out of sixteen. Yeah, I mean that's that's insane. The stars sweep this series if it's five on five. The thing is, hockey's not a five on five game. Nope, it's not. It can be and see and in that overtime. They had a they had a four on three and four on three yeah. is just it's not it's, just as deadly. I understand because if you have five on three, there's more numbers. I understand that, but it it should be an automatic as soon as it goes as soon as the other team goes down to just three guys on the ice and you Sergey Zubov is yeah. has always said if you have forty five seconds or more in five on three, I understand. I'm sure Sergey would probably say if you have four on three, you have. 50 seconds so yeah, it's it, like yeah. it's it's really close and and the stars had a four on three they used their timeout and they couldn't capitalize yeah so so i understand that now that cooler heads my head has prevailed yeah and i've 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 quite frankly in the stars won game five or yeah they i'm sorry Six. yeah they won game five they won game five, five. i'm sorry game five. yeah they won game five so maybe that's why i'm a little calmer but I, I got to tell you, man, they're calling they're calling this game fucking cats. They're calling this series like it's a regular season game. Like it's it, the referees are being ridiculous on both sides. They are calling so many penalties right now. And it's 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 insane because this is what happens. Tampa sees that they're going to call penalties. So what's Tampa going to do? Their game plan is to agitate the Stars for them to retaliate and then them get penalties because the Stars are the most the like by far the most penalized team even before the finals yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. And so they're going to be looking especially Radulov and and you've got a guy like Corey Perry, they're going to be fucking looking at you. Yeah. And so so I get that, but see what they're doing is, is they're taking the game out of the players' hands and putting them in the refs. I guess since it's September, they're going to call it like a September game, which would be preseason. I don't know, but my god, some of these penalties that they're calling are just well, I wouldn't say before, that they're ticky-tacky, but they're not playoff hockey penalties. Before before last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last I'm, night yeah, yeah, I'm not talking yes. Yes. Like, like they even they even said like, "Oh, well, that seemed like it would have been a penalty last night. You know what I mean? Yeah, and see, and that's ridiculous. That, that, that even the that, announcers, yes, that even the announcers. And <clears throat> let's go ahead and go to the Jamie Ben penalty. Yeah, Doc Emmerich was right away like that was not a penalty. That, yeah, like, he pretty much, and he he even you he told even, he yeah. said he said you know hey we're not cheering for anybody we don't have a vested interest either way but you would hate to see this game end because of that penalty because and what happened oh dude the it game was, ended i know and penalty. see and it wasn't even anton hudobin's fault because he was just trying to see around the guys that are in front of him and see that's another thing that tampa's doing that vegas didn't is they're getting bodies in front of the net yep and that's the <clears> difference and what they did is they they got a body in front of the, i think it was maroon well, tampa's faster of course oh dude 
so much faster. Dude, and it's Sergachev, crazy. I know. Sergachev and Point. Good lord. Dude, I know, man. Braden Point, if 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 they end up if Tampa Bay ends up winning the cup, Braden Point's their con dude. They're probably gonna and I hate to say give it to Vasilevsky because they don't they they don't give anyone anything. You earn it. Yeah. But I think they're gonna choose Vasilevsky over Braden Point, and I don't think that they should. <clears throat> I think that I think Braden Point needs it because well, that dude is everywhere. Here's, here's 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 what Vasilevsky does though for you. He is so locked down that you can afford to be more aggressive on defense yes. and try to shut people down in the neutral zone yes. rather than trying to get there and play like set defense like Dallas does. Yeah. Because they, I mean, Hudobin is not Vasilevsky. Ben Bishop nobody, nobody, Vasilevsky. Nobody's Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky's, he won I know the Vezina that trophy, right? So there we go. But the, the what trophy? Vezina. The Vesna. It's spelled Vezina. It's, Everybody I've ever heard says Vezina. No, anyway, it doesn't. It's the it, Vezina trophy. Whatever, whatever. It's Canadian or French Canadian or whatever. It's Connor bullshit. Hellebuck won it this year, and I, 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 anyway, I don't see it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Because he's so locked down, they can be afford to be a lot more aggressive on defense. I mean, look at Dallas has already had a couple of. Uh, I mean, it seems like it happens once a game. They have a, a breakaway opportunity. And yes, every it seems like every time there's a there's a Tampa Bay Lightning guy there who, you know, breaks up the play. But even if they're not there, freaking Vasilevsky, man, like he he shuts it down so they can afford to be playing more so on that side of the ice. And I think that's why they put a lot more pressure on uh, Dallas, because Dallas likes to play set defense. That's why they're living in Dallas's zone right now is because of what Vasilevsky does for you. If they don't have Vasilevsky, they can't play like that. Period. No, I agree. I agree. And it's and no no other team on the face of the earth has a Vasilevsky, and that's why Tampa Bay can do everything that they can do. But there there's oh man, but that team though, dude, it it really is that good and shame on me for thinking that Dallas will that Dallas would win this in 4 games. What is the matter with me for sitting there and assuming that? I said maybe four, probably five, but it doesn't even matter. Like, I can't believe that I said that for about this team because this team really is that good. And for them to come back down 3-1, never – technically, it has happened once in the Stanley Cup Finals, but it was the Maple Leafs in, like, 1947, and they were down 3 nothing. So technically, they had to come back from three one because they had to win the three. But so, but they, that's they that's, had to win to get. They there. had to win to get there. But it, it's never happened in the history of the Stanley Cup Finals that a team has come back down three one. And so, to do it against this team is going to be hard. Yeah, it is. It, this is going to be the. Not only do they, it, are they in this bubble? Some some people have their families there but the, the fucked up thing is is that real quick canada is not allowing players who have families that are based in the states to come to the games even though they said going into it that after the after during the conference finals families will be allowed to come but the canadian government stepped in and said nope not going to happen because of obviously because of covid so they were promised families and most of them aren't they don't have their families there. So it's not that their families aren't there and you knew they weren't going to be there. You were promised that they were going to be there, and now they're not, except for Corey Perry's wife. But it's just – it's insane to think that how mentally tough 
this is on the guys and not and on top of that now they're down 3-1 in the series and on top of that you've got to beat guys like Andre Vasilevsky, Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Kevin Shattenkirk, uh Pat Maroon. Like all of these guys are Andre Palat. Andre Palat, dude, and I'm telling you it's it's dude, crazy. It's, it's crazy the, to think. It's crazy to think how hard this is going to be to to do. If you, if they had a healthy Stamkos, on oh the ice, my god! Dallas and see, swept. we didn't even talk about that. Let's okay. Let's fucking. If talk they had about a healthy Stamkos, Dallas gets swept. Dude, let's. Dude, dude, skating on one leg comes up, like takes one shot, puts it right past. Dude, what just, a shot! What a, okay? And see. Fuck. Who Dobin should have made that save. He should have. But still, what a feel good story for Steven Samkos. As soon as I saw, like I was pissed. That he and I, I said out loud as soon as I was like, of course, fucking Stamco scored, but of course Stamco scored. This dude is legit, and thank Christ he's done for the rest of the the Stanley Cup Finals because he like, like if he was on the ice, he's shown that he can be a difference maker. Yeah, and and now they don't have to worry yeah. about dealing with him anymore. I mean, they're worried. About, they're thinking about him moving forward. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, if, yeah, of course. Like he showed it. I mean, he's got he's got something in the tank, and it's good enough. Oh my god, dude! That was that was that was an unbelievable moment. We're gonna look back on this, and regard like okay. Well, if the if the stars win, then the big story will be the stars came back down three one. But I still think looking back on this, I think that that moment, like if you want to talk about just a singular moment in the Stanley Cup Finals, that Steven Stamkos goal will be what the twenty twenty Stanley Cup Finals will be remembered for. It, it, it's just you can't. Like if you were to write that in a movie script, you'd be like, "No way! Like that's bullshit. That doesn't happen." Only in fucking sports, man. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, let's address the Jamie Ben penalty. I know that we said that we were going to address this a few times now. Just quite, I, it's such a shame because I even okay, you're going to make the calls in regulation, sure, but in overtime, you look at that play. First of all, not a penalty. Yeah. If anything, it should have been a penalty on whoever it was that Jamie Ben knocked to the ice because he was, was uh, Roger. No, not Rogers. Johnson, Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson. And so he if anything, you could argue that Tyler Johnson was interfering. You yeah. could you could say that he was yeah, not playing the puck. No, he, and he wasn't. He, was just he skated getting, into Jamie Ben. So if anything, you can call that on Tyler Johnson. I wouldn't call that. Not in that moment. If it's if it's overtime in the Stanley Cup finals. You need to play five on five. Yeah. You need to. The refs need to look at at the guys who, if they look up and they needs, want a penalty. You to need be to like. You need to be like obvious. And dude, you want flagrant, to, dude. To 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 whacking someone with a stick or shoving or hitting the puck out into the bleachers if you're in your own zone. Pull, Those are the only place, the only penalties that you call in that moment. Pulling a gun on somebody, dude. I'm telling you, it needs to be fucking. You need to, you need to straight up murder someone in order. But they call that weak ass penalty on Jamie Ben, and I just, I, I was looking at it, and I just, because game that game was a great game. You look back on it, there were lead changes, there were goals. It was just, it was just da- everything that, yeah, it, that you went needed. Up two nothing, then then Tampa came back. Here's here's okay so this is this is speaking of speaking of penalties this is my main issue with the penalties as far as how they're being called it is always when dallas has is starting to gain momentum always yes when you're starting to gain momentum you need to play more carefully and you can't afford to get hooking or tripping calls alexiak but some of those radulov 
Or, well, that game specifically Dude, was two, Alexiak. Well, oh, no, that game specifically, but there was one. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Gradulov took two lazy penalties. I think it was game three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, dude. What are you doing? But but at the same time, it's like it's always when the Stars are gaining some momentum every time. So the Stars go up 2 nothing in that game. Uh, Braden Point has the breakaway, and then Braden Point... Gets the power play goal to tie it 2-2. Yeah. Corey Perry scores a goal. Gets Dallas up 3-2. Yanni Gord, power play goal, 3-3. Yep. Alex Killorn scores four uh, scores in the third first to make it 4-3. Then Pavelski scores. Not, not a power play goal. But this last one from Shattenkirk was an... Dude, I'm telling you, man. Like, it's... <laughs> How do you how and it wasn't even the the main ref. I think it was Kelly Sutherland who was right there watching the and play the, and, and, his, and it was the back it was the back judge that called it. Yeah. And it, you're you're looking at him, and that's gotta be what Jamie Ben was yelling at him whenever they whenever they whenever they finally touched it and blew it dead. He had to have looked at him and been, been like, dude, you're not like, even, you weren't even there. How do yeah. you make that call? I, I and I don't know how we can make this happen because this this opens up a door that I don't think should be opened, but I just wish that there was a way that like, there should be like a head official that can overrule, that can overrule it and yeah. be like, no, no, but like as soon as like you hand up you and you don't no. it, Well, you can't go, no, put your hand down, but like <laughs> hand up and see this, this, I don't know, like hand up. And, and blow, if you, if and you touch it, it dead. and if you touch it, then you blow it dead, mm-hmm. put your arm down, then you get together and discuss it. But see, but that's the NFL. This isn't the NFL. This is and and that's going to make the game last longer. And quite frankly, people want to see power plays because power plays mean more goals. So, I you can't do that. You can't do that because it's it's not fair. Because it just a good a good head official is going to trust his other referees because it just it just just sucks. Yeah, and you can't see the whole ice. You know what I mean? No, right, right, right. So it it just sucks. From I mean, and granted, the sounds like it's going to sound disingenuous, but like. Even if I was a Tampa Bay fan, you know what I mean? Like, I would look at that and go, ah, like, of course I'll take it. Yeah, of course right, I'll take right. it. You know what I mean? But, but that's like, what, yeah. I, I hate, I, I would hate that that would taint that win. Well, see, even you and I, whenever Vegas got eliminated and Adam Whitehead was sitting in the penalty box and they showed the replay after the Stars scored and he put his head in his hands just sitting there, you and I both were sitting there watching that just going like, ah, man, that sucks. Yeah, like like I really feel for that guy, and we were being honest and genuine. Like we weren't just being like, "Oh, that sucks." But yeah, we like so we understood in that moment what he was feeling, and did Adam White? It was a penalty. Like he shot it over the glass in his own defensive zone, and no one tipped it. It didn't hit the glass. Like it's a penalty. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you like you can't even. That's not that's not even subjective. Like that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It's black yeah. and white, and you can't. But you still feel for the guy. And I, if I can't speak for Tampa, but I think that if I was a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, I think that that would leave a dirty taste in my mouth. I, th- I would look yeah. at it and be like, "Yeah, all right, we scored." Oh man, it sucks that the game had to end like that, though. Like it's like, yeah. like you really not need just, to earn it. Not just a penalty that I mean, I'm sorry, they earned it. Well, right, right, right. But you want to earn it. Five on five. Yeah, I especially think. in overtime, man. You and so it's it full just, strength against full strength. That's one of but the, yeah. especially when it's a penalty that, not just a penalty in overtime, but a penalty that takes the captain, arguably, yeah, arguably the best player on the ice for the stars 
off of the ice. Uh, and dude, and I'm telling you, it's it's not like that it was Blake Como that took that penalty. It wasn't like it was Nick Camano who took it. It's Jamie Ben on Tyler fucking Johnson. Who is Tyler Johnson? Jamie Ben is someone. He's an Art Ross Trophy winner. He is established. He's a 40-goal scorer in a season. Like, he just, like, the dude is legit. He is elite. He is a revered hockey player in the NHL. He's, How the, do one, you, he's the one captain you don't want to fuck with, according to Letterkenny. According to the skids. And so, yeah. th- here's the, so it's, I, I hate to put it like that, because, but quite frankly, Bigger stars, no pun intended, but bigger stars get calls that go their way more likely than not. Yeah. And that's like maybe if it was Kucherov and Ben, maybe. But it's Tyler Johnson, Jamie Ben, and Jamie Ben just outworks him for the puck. And that's what Jamie Ben does. He just outworks you. I don't care who the fuck you are. I want it more, and I'm going to get more. And Jamie Ben was just being Jamie Ben, completely clean hockey play. And then you're going to call that penalty. In game three or in game four of the Stanley Cup finals in overtime, I just can't drive that home enough. And it just made no sense. Made zero sense to me. And it still it still makes me it still makes me angry. Because it I'm not saying that the stars win that game, but they, they at least needed they deserved a shot to win that game. And they the and, and they they didn't get it. Yeah. They didn't get their chance. And they should have earned their chance, but they should have and they should have never been in that position in the first place for that a ref's call can end it. And can ruin the game. And I understand all the fucking sports fan cliches and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. you look at that moment, and we as Dallas Stars fans have every right to be pissed. Every single right to be pissed. And I'm the last person that'll blame the refs. Yeah. And I'm blaming the refs. Ah, uh, okay. To, I'm not to, gonna... Like in overtime, I'm blaming the refs on that one. I'm not going to blame the refs for the goal because at the end of the day, no, it's still no, no, no. The but I'm just job to yes. keep the goal out of the net. The puck. Yeah. The what, whatever. Whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, still, it's still you know, it's still your job to keep the puck out of the net. But I don't. I really don't see how you call that. Yeah. Yeah. So from that angle, you know what I mean. Like maybe you think you see something, but come on, man. Like there has to be two other people on the ice that would have had a better angle. Yeah, you know well, I mean? but, but and they're not calling it. I, I like personally, I would be like, "Oh, that looked like something." And I'm looking over; they're not calling it. I'm not calling it. Uh, it's you need to you need to have confidence in yourself. You can't look at other because there's only two but, refs but on the I, ice. But, there are but, two linesmen, two refs. Right, but if if I'm not at a good angle and I look at the guy who is at a good angle, I'm assuming he sees something I don't. The other referee was behind him, though. That's the thing, and the the back judge had a front view of it. The referee who was closest had a rear view of it. I think that if it was the other way around and it was going towards uh, Kelly Sutherland, I think in that moment, the other ref, whoever it was, the other ref goes, oh, yeah, he had a better look at it. I'm not going to call it. But if it's coming at him, I think that's why he calls it. I still think it's ridiculous, but I, I that's the only way that I can justify it. It's like, oh, he missed it because the play was going away from him. He saw their backs and you, you didn't see what I saw. Because I have the puck here in front of me. You don't. I saw how close they were. and I, Whatever. I'm trying to justify it here. And so I, I'm not blaming the refs. I'm sorry. I know I just said I'm blaming the refs. Because you are right. They need to kill that penalty. Three three power play goals that game. They went four for three. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. 
and they know that and it's it's just a shame once again it's just a shame that that game that was a great game it was yeah. it was a great game and it, it's just such a shame that it had to end like that so let's go ahead and talk about the final game that's been played so far as as we're recording the most recent game. the most recent game and the stars end up winning in double overtime yeah like huge huge win obviously because season's on the line yeah and who comes through Corey Perry, Joe Pavelski, man. Pa- pa- Pavelski. And this was the game. This was the game that Pavelski yep. passed Joe Mullen. So good for good for Pavelski. And once again, congratulations. Hopefully, here's to more goals. So glad this season. Of those guys are doing it to us. Now. I know. I know, man. It, what a crazy fucking time this is, is that we're talking about Corey Perry playing for the Dallas Stars and having a positive impact. Like, it's yeah. just like it, it's absolutely insane. And it's great to see that we have more hockey that is technically going to be tonight because this is a late recording. Uh, it's going to be later tonight. And uh, it's it's the Stars obviously have a lot of momentum going into this game. Yep. And um Here's the problem. I mean, so, so this is the way that I see it real quick before you go. Speaking, yeah, go ahead, go speaking ahead. of the momentum, and this is why I feel good going into this game. The stars got blown out in game three, right? They were, it was pretty close in game two, uh, but they got blown out in game three and was really close in game four, but they came up short. Then they win in game five, right? So they have been in the last three games. No, sorry, two games. They've been in the last two games. There's only been one game, even though it looks like, you know, that there was a chance they could have lost four to one. They were in every game and they just they had certain things that didn't roll their way. Certain things being power plays. The power plays have not gone Dallas's way at all. But that's a simple fix, man. Clean it up. Clean yes. it up. Clean it up. Clean it up and score goals. Oh, thanks. Like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no I, know, I know what you mean. I know five what you on, mean. Five on five. They're playing good defense. They're keeping the puck out of the net. For I mean, for the most part, like as much as you can against these guys, you know. And they're they're putting the puck in the net as much as they need to to win. Five on five hockey. You take away the power play goals. Like the series is already over. Yeah, I, and and so it's just uh, here's the and see it's every single time that Tampa Bay has eliminated a team in this playoff they did they did it in overtime and the stars were able to keep that from happening at least the other night Mm -hmm. and the other thing that worries me is that tampa every single time this postseason every time that they've lost a game they've come back and won and i don't i don't know this if any team is gonna buck that trend it's this team it's It's the dallas Stars, stars you know and it's all they have to do is win one game. All they have to do is just win this next game. And then in game seven, all the pressure is on Tampa. You were up three one and you were up three. You were up three one on the Islanders and they were putting pressure even just after winning game, uh, even after winning game five, the, the, the talks were starting about like, Oh, well, what if they blow it? Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, the talks are already starting like, Oh mm-hmm. man, like, but see the thing that Tampa has going against them, is other, that other than their head coach looking like Kiff from Futurama? The uh, I, I'd, I'd view that as a positive. I don't know if I'd view <laughs> that as going against him. Uh, but he, um, uh, Tampa, has that momentum going where it's like, okay, well, every time that we've come back, or every time that we played another game after a loss, we've ended up winning it. Uh, we are they are in full control of this series. 
They 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 are as of right now they are in full control of this series, and all they have to do is win one more. Yeah. And they've proven that they can do it, and not just do it, but do it decisively against this team. In game like in game, uh, but see that in game two, or no, sorry, game, game three. three. I'm game sorry, three. the five but two game. But they've but also the start, proven yeah. that they can lose decisively to this team. First of all, and second of all, their pace on power plays. Like, I know it only has to hold up for one more game, but it is not going to hold up forever. Yeah. So that's in the back of their minds. That has to be in the back of their minds. They have to know. I don't think so. I think that they ride that momentum of their power play, and they think just keep keep getting in their heads. They'll draw penalties because they're the stars, and then we'll go out and do what we need to do on the penalty. On the... uh, on the power on play. the power play sorry see I, the, the way the that stars I, probably have that in their back in the back of their minds like it's like they can't keep this up forever just keep moving your fucking skates and get in front of pucks and eventually their power play is going to cool off you just have to weather the storm and i think tampa goes into it you don't ever think that you're going to ever cool off especially now in this moment this I, close to see, a cup i think i think you tell yourself you're not i think in the back of your mind you know you are and i think in the back of my mind Granted, I'm not a professional hockey player, but in the back of my mind, I would be like, wouldn't it be just my luck that I would cool? We'd go up 3-1 and the power play collectively would cool off and we'd blow the series. Yeah, I'm sure that everyone thinks that, like especially Tampa Bay fans right now are probably thinking that that little bit of doubt could be creeping in. Oh, yeah. If they go in, if they go in and the stars like they have a couple power plays and and they don't get any goals off of them. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll going be that'll game be, seven going. Oh shit! I think that's whenever it gets in the back of Tampa's mind. I think until it's proven that it's going to cool off, they're always going to believe that they're just going to be that they're just going to be this run and gun. Because why wouldn't they think that? Because this whole series, their power play has just been unstoppable. And I, I think that until it's proven, it's not going to be in Tampa, the back of Tampa's mind. I think Dallas has that in the front of the, in the front of their mind. Is they're like eventually it's got to cool off. Just keep doing what you're doing. But Tampa's going to be like just keep doing what we're doing and things will be fine. I know we lost last game, but it took double overtime to beat us, and uh, it took it, it. And we we had that game won. We had that game, W O N. We had that game won. In if it wasn't for Pavelski getting a lucky bounce and being able to roof that shot, so Tampa I think still probably feels pretty good going into Game Six. And I, I like this is going to be an intense Game Six. Uh, I think both teams are going to obviously both teams bring their a game every night, but this is going to be like another level. Right. I think, I think, I don't know, man. I think games four and five have proven to both teams how evenly matched they really are. Oh yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. I think, you know, game, game one was all stars game two. uh, It was even except for that little bit. It was all Tampa in the first. And then I honestly think it was all stars from the second period until uh, from the second period and then probably about like 5 to 6 7 minutes in the third. And then after that that final stretch down the home front cuz I even told you while we were watching the game I'm like this is like watching this is what it's like to play against the Stars because they just lock you down yeah. and you can't get anything set up and get anything going and I even I said to you I was like this is frustrating to watch. <laughs> so yeah. it, so it, it was it was it but, was it was Tampa stars and then like a like a tiny little sliver so it was but but what i'm what i'm saying is given games four and five you look at it you're like okay yeah it took double overtime a double overtime for them to beat us but it also took overtime for the us to beat them overtime and a bullshit yeah and and a bad penalty overtime and a bad penalty 
this game could uh, this series could be the other way around right now. Yeah, absolutely, it could. It could and absolutely and you, be three two in the stars' favor. Yeah, and you know, you know, Tampa. I, I'm sorry, you. I, and that's why that's why I'm saying I think maybe that power play might be creeping in the back of their minds because it's like, look, with the power play, with going crazy on the power play, having seven out of sixteen goals in the series so far come from the power play. There are a couple bad. Uh, there are a couple bounces from being down three two. Yeah, but you could say that about any team. Like, it, like, it, like, it, know, if it wasn't for a lucky bounce for the stars, they would have been down three one against Calgary going into game five. Right. So, but, but what what I'm saying is like all that matters is the wins. That's all anyone yeah, really cares about is I getting know, the wins. I know, but we're talking about mentality here. I think going into game six, maybe it's not like. A full-on panic or doubt or whatever, but I think that the Tampa, I think Tampa Bay has in the back of their mind, not not and maybe not even like if you asked them if they thought about it, you know, maybe not like they. I don't even think they would admit to it, but I think at least like at least two or three times they've thought, you know, hey, what if we can't? What if what if the power play stops working for us? Like this game, this series has been even like we've won the games, but the games themselves have been even with us being on fire on the power play. What happens when that runs out? Yeah, I, I, I would, I would disagree. I think that I, I, I think you don't have doubt unless there's reason to have doubt. And right now Tampa has zero reason to have doubt because the C, the series isn't even. It's not even Tampa is up three, two. So Tampa has gotten the better of this series. Technically, uh, Tampa is has been the better team, and I think Tampa knows that. I think that Dallas honestly, truly believes what everything that you just said. I think Dallas is the one that's saying another couple bounces, and this this series could be switched, and we could be up three two, and we're we're gonna take that confidence into Game Six. But Tampa's gonna take more confidence into game six saying like, look, yeah, they won the last game. Good for them. So did fucking New York. Whenever we went up three, one on them. Remember you guys went up three, one on Colorado and you blew it and you, it took overtime for you to beat Colorado. So you could probably argue that you couldn't even get out of that series. We have dominated every series that we've ever played five games, five games, six games, but it took, an overtime game for the Islanders to beat Tampa Bay in game five as well. And then Tampa comes back and ends up winning game six. So I think Tampa goes into this saying like, look, we've been here before we lost game five in here before they have the last, the last round. They didn't play. Sorry. The Islanders are not the stars. If you want to talk about a team that's as close to the stars in the entire league, it is the Islanders. Very defensive first. Uh, they shut you down. They win games two one. They don't. They won't win in shootouts. It's hard to beat team. It's hard for a team like that to beat a team that can run and gun, fly, put up four or five goals on you, and have a goalie like Vasilevsky. So if you want to get technical, the Stars and the Islanders are as close as you can get without actually making a carbon copy of the other team. See, I I disagree though because we're talking about the Stars. Like they weren't that team two years ago, two three years ago under Lindy Ruff, they were that team. Yeah, but it's a completely different team now. There's no, there's no Cody Eakin, there's no Patrick Sharp, there's no, uh, there's no Patrick Eves, there's, the there's, there's no the Antoine, same, there's no Antoine Roussel. There's, but see, but here's the difference though. 
you they're really missing Foxa and Como right they now. They really are. That's yeah. the thing. And yeah. they need and see right now Como and Foxa have laid their bodies out for this team and they've won games because of Como and Foxa. Yeah. So what they're saying to themselves now is like we don't have Foxa and Como. They're watching. They want to be out here. Let's go fucking win for them. Yeah. They win for us all the time. So we need to go win for them. So we're that's that that's the difference right there is the Foxa Como and Cogliano line that really comes out and shuts down those top lines. Yeah. Now they don't have that. So now the Stars don't have that offense that and of course they showed that they can have that offense against Colorado. But that was that seems like a fucking lifetime ago. You remember whenever that series ended and we were getting ready to go into the Vegas series and Amber was like how much more do we have? Oh, we're only halfway done. We're only halfway done. Like it seriously feels like that that was a fucking yeah. lifetime ago. It doesn't even feel like that that's not that's the same team. Technically, it's not the same team. It's not. No Como, no Foxa, no uh no hints, no um who else is hurt right now? A uh, Sekera. Sekera barely played last night. He came out and played in overtime and that's great. Dickinson Dickinson, was, yep. Dickinson's playing on half a leg. Yep, I'm telling you. So right now, I think like that's the thing that scares me the most is that Tampa comes. I think if the Stars can win Game Six, they'll win Game Seven. The thing is, is it's going to be hard to win Game Six. Obviously, yeah. I, the most obvious statement of the year. But Tampa has shown once again they lost the Game Five going up three one. They in overtime. And then they come back and win game six in overtime on a little fluky goal, as I mentioned, for Sorelli. But they but, still yeah, but, but they still matter. but they still won. Yeah. So Tampa's got all the momentum right now. And the stars have to obviously, but the stars have to win game six in order to really put a lot of pressure on Tampa Bay. Because right now I think Tampa feels like all the pressure is on Dallas. And I, I would I would agree with them. I would agree with them because Tampa's season's not on the line. Dallas oh, yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was saying that, that Tampa Bay is going to have that little bit of doubt, I'm not saying that that's pressure at all, at all. But, but so, like, what, what I'm saying is that little bit of doubt will come into play if they get a couple power play opportunities and Dallas shuts it down. Yes. And that's, that's when it's going to become an issue. Sure. That's, that's what I was saying. And, is, and that's, that's is, what I'm saying. Is too. When it's in the back of your mind, that's not an issue. But if it, if it starts to look like it's going to go downhill, that's when that little doubt in the back of your mind becomes a, a fucking problem. See, I think as soon as you have the doubt in the back of your mind, it is an issue. You should never have that doubt in the back of your mind, especially if there's no proof that shows that it's going to go any other way. Right now, it's it's shown that their power play is on fire, and it's they didn't score on their one power play opportunity last night, but that's not enough for them to say, right, that's yeah, just no, one time, and they're no. like, yeah, we didn't score that once, it's fine. Usually, if you get three power plays, you score one. That's the way it's got to go. And if you get five, you need to score two. So that's that. typically, that's the rule of thumb. A rule of wrist. But... Um, Whenever, uh, so that's that's why I'm thinking that it's. I don't think there's any doubt in Tampa's mind. I think Tampa been there, done that, seen it. We can do it again. But you are right about one thing: is that this Dallas Stars team is not the New York Islanders. This is a different team. This is a team that won the West. Yes. This is a team that has hardware this year, and they're looking for more. And went through good teams to do it. Went through <clears throat> far superior teams than Tampa did, and far superior teams than the Islanders and, did the, until the, they ran into Tampa. Right, and the issue the issue with that is uh, Dallas was a lot more, well, I won't say a lot more banged up because, you know, they still had, uh, Steven Samkos is out, but Dallas 
right now is losing the war of attrition because they're they have main they have major parts that are missing yeah yeah and see that's that uh, but see but that's hockey though you can't yeah. because it was the I mean, same thing still, with colorado say, say the same thing about stamkos yeah stamkos is missing but it's also like stamkos okay. is one guy the yeah, stars yeah, are missing a lot of guy, key contributors and most of them are on defense like ben bishop as yeah as yeah and as, it, as great as hudobin's been and as the fact that they were like He's a different goaltender, though. They were neck and neck with each other, basically, as far as uh, stats and wins and all that stuff uh, in the in the regular season. Like, yeah, Ben Bishop is a different. He's a different style of goaltender, different goaltender, but he's also the kind of guy who can keep Hudobin fresh. You know what I mean? Like, that's not an option right now. Hudobin hasn't played this many games in a row his entire NHL career. You yeah. know, like he he tried to I, maybe he did it in Carolina, but it it it, it would be close. So. So you're missing Bishop, Sekera, Foxa, Como, uh, Hints. Hints. Foxa, I'm telling you, Foxa and Como are the big ones. Foxa and Como. And see, I don't want to go back on what we were saying last week because we're, we were all like, Anton Udobin, trade Ben Bishop and all that stuff. No, and I, no, no, still, no. I, I, still I still believe think, that. Yeah, yeah, I, still, yeah. I still believe that that's what, they, that's what they need to do. And until Hudobin is eliminated, he's not getting out of the crease. Like I guarantee you that if 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 uh, Rick Bonus sat down with him and said, "Hey, you've been a little leaky," and he has, you've yeah. been a little leaky this series. We're gonna go with Ottinger. Why the fuck would he do that? I don't know. That's just the media putting scenarios you know, that aren't really you know, there. You know what Hudobin would respond with? Hudobin did respond. He no. said, "He said he goes. He goes. That's my crease, and well, I I don't care what you say. I'm go. I'm I'm starting." Well, not what I was gonna say is he would uh, he would look at Rick Bonus and go, "I'm not going home." <laughs> Dude, there are so many moments this playoff dude, series so many, that dude, this season, so many so this many season good, is just cr- like so crazy, man. So crazy. And what 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 better way to cap it off than a three one comeback, dude? Right. So it's just game right. game six. The most obvious statement of the century here, but game six is going to be super pivotal. This is Tampa's chance. I think. I think if Tampa if Tampa can't get it done in game six. Then the doubts start to creep in. Then the worries start to happen, especially if they go like 0 for 3 on the power play. See, at that point, I, I, what I would say is they're not creeping in. They're there. They're firmly planted, those doubts. Yeah, yeah. I, I, obviously, it's there more than going into game six. Right. I just I just think that Tampa is just so confident, and as they should be. I think Tampa's way too confident. If it was the Stars right now, I, I wouldn't be worried. The only reason why I was worried against Colorado is because they Colorado came out in game five and put up five in the first and chased Hudobin. So it's that that's why I was so worried as like for the Dallas Stars going into game six because I'm like, oh shit, man, like this is like setting up to be like an epic was, Dallas Stars collapse like they always Bishop do. That they chased, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't but, I did not mean to say I meant to say Ben Bishop. Yeah. yeah, they chased Ben Bishop that game. And so that's why I had doubts. But if I'm a Tampa fan, I'm going into game six fully oh, confident fully confident and of, i think that the players are too of course i think i think you and i have different definitions of fully confident though you know what i mean like to me i'm like okay that's it's always going to be a thought in the back of my mind though like the the what happens if this what happens if that whatever maybe that's just the baseball player in me that that always runs through scenarios and tries to like figure out what i'm going to do before the play happens maybe that's what it is and i'm just assuming that that's kind of how it is for hockey players too it might not be i don't know i never played hockey but all i'm saying is and the really important part 
and this is like my final point. When they make the movie, when the stars win game seven for the Stanley Cup and they make the movie, Dennis Gurionov has to be played by Adam Driver. I don't see any way around it. I don't see any way around it. He's got the face. They look the same. He's got the trash stash. He's got the emotional range. I mean, he can, I don't I don't know if Gorionov has an accent, but Adam Driver can do accents. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't see how you don't do that. Right? I say let's get there first. Uh it's oh my god. This is just this is the most nerve-wracking time ever. To it be. really is. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you, during Game 5, I, dude, it, I was just losing my mind in a public place, and I did not care. I did not care, and it's going to be the... Game 6, it's going to suck because I have to work tomorrow night, and so I, like, I've like i got to do my best to not get too worked up and too distracted. I make no promises, but this is just one of those things that I... It's Oh, my God. This is going to be the most nerve-wracking game that we've probably ever seen in our lifetimes i know that we saw we saw game six in 99 we saw game six in 2000 and i understand that i i was like i appreciated it in the moment but i was too young to To fully fully grasp and this is this is one of those times where i'm i'm like i am fully invested in this and my heart will be broken if if it ends up not going our way, obviously, but God damn it. I, I just, I keep telling myself, why not? Why not Dallas? You know, Tampa's had their success. You know, of course they haven't won since 04 and I get that, but 99 has been longer and Tampa has always been this upper echelon team. Uh, even, even whenever they, even 10 years ago, before we even knew who the fuck Nikita Kucherov was, you know, it's just whenever they, whenever they had their Stanley cup final run, whenever they had Ben Bishop and they had Brendan Morrow on that team. So they've been there, they've done that, they've dropped it. And it, it's, it, I just don't understand, uh, not understand, but I just don't see why this can't be the comeback of all comebacks and the stars not being able to get this job done because like you just, you see it in their eyes. You hear it in their voices. Whenever they do the press conferences, Rick bonus is just as cool as a fucking cucumber. He, he, he does not get worked up over anything. And you know that he's got the guys in the locker room feeling the same way. And I think that this, this team believes that they can do it. I believe that they can do it. I yeah, really can. I, I had, really do. I, I had my doubts last night. Whenever they went up 2-1, I, I thought it was done. And there was a small part of me that was like, don't come back. Just don't don't, don't score that second <laughs> goal just to blow it again. Just don't do it. And But then as soon as Pavelski scored that second goal, I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like, why do I get so caught up in the moments? But, I, but it just in the end, I can't help it. Because in the end, I'm a fan. I'm passionate about it. So game six. Try not to have a heart attack, guys. And... um We'll be back next week, hopefully back to our regular schedule on Mondays, but uh, but recording on Mondays, releasing on Tuesdays. My apologies. So that by the time this gets released uh, on uh, on Monday, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I'm just it'll be it'll yeah, be a thanks. little bit longer of a break between episodes. It because will be. We're recording a day early, so you're getting this one a day early, but you're gonna have to wait an extra day. JR, because you're our listener. I know our, our our listeners the are one. just they're going to be on pins and needles here. So next, what what day is it in Finland? I don't know. I don't know. Our fin our Finnish fan 
fans, possibly. Possibly. We love you guys. And hopefully next week we will be coming to you talking about one of the greatest comebacks in sports history and a Stanley Cup championship for the Dallas Stars. But until then, it has been a hell of a season, a hell of a ride. No matter what happens, this is probably the best time I've ever had watching hockey. Oh my God. I'm telling you, we now see we've converted this one here because he's now, now he's invested. Now he's invested. He really has seen what it's like to really be passionate about this team. I know that you've always like been a stars fan, but you've never been like this deep, this involved. And, and this was, you really only truly getting into it. Like at the playoff, like at the start of the, I know that you've been watching all year and stuff like that, but it's just, but like you really got invested this playoff run. Dude. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, we're going to wrap it up here in a second. Yeah. But I remember it was, it was almost a year ago now. The Stars are playing the uh, Minnesota Wild. And you're like, dude, the Stars cannot lose this game. The Wild are not good. They can't lose this game. And I was like, all right, I'm putting it on. I put it on. And they go up like 5-1. The, the wild goes up five, one or whatever it was on the stars. And I was like, all right, I'm turning this shit off. But I kept getting the updates. I kept looking down and uh, we were watching something else. And I looked down and I was like, oh shit. And Amber was like, what? And I was like, I'm putting the hockey game back on. She was like, why? And put it on. It was five, five. She was like, how? And then we got to see uh, Radulov with the hat trick from, from, I think it was from his knees. Yeah, like from the blue line or something. Like it was, it was ridiculous. crazy. Yeah, because they ended because it was an empty net. Because they because they ended up scoring and going up six. Because I was at that game. And um, yeah, that game was just yeah that that was that that was like really the turning point of the season because that, that that's that was right when the stars were kind of coming out of the one seven and one start. It wasn't like freshly after. It wasn't like yeah. that was game ten on the yeah. season. But that was that was like but game remember, fifteen or something. I remember you telling me like there's there's throughout the point of the, throughout the the course of the season you're gonna have skids. You know what I mean? You're gonna have three, four, five game skids. And you you even said like the stars can't afford that now. The, the the margin for error is zero. And dude, they had they had two five game losing streaks this season. If you don't include the start of the season and the end of the season, where they had a six game losing streak, like it's just it's it like it's just insane. And I remember talking to Jr. about it. Maybe it was just one. I think it was just one. And then I was including the beginning anyway. And I was talking to my brother in law about it, and I was just like, dude, just championship teams just don't lose games like this. <laughs> championship teams don't lose this many games. Like if you go back and look, like teams that have won the Stanley Cup, they there are some out there that have had five game losing streaks, but but, not, but, there, but I mean there many. aren't there aren't many. And the Stars had two. The Stars had two with a one seven and one. I'm telling you that Minnesota Wild game that was really the turning point. That got them back on track. And then the Winter Classic comes around, and that was super emotional. And it's it, like it and it's funny because that kind of like set up what the playoffs were gonna be like for for this team because they were gonna go down and then they were gonna come back and not just come back, but they were gonna come back and win huge. Like they weren't just gonna like beat you in overtime, they were gonna win in regulation. And so yeah. it's just yeah. This team has it's just been the craziest fucking ride. And yeah, by the time that we get back here next week, the season will be finished. Whether they win or lose game six and win or lose game seven, it's it's been a hell of a ride. Enjoy these hopefully next two games. And um 
really just don't take it for granted. Just get, I know I, I say this every week, but we have no idea when we're going to be back here. And that's, that's why you've got to be invested in this. You've really got to enjoy this and, yeah. um, fucking go stars. Are we, is that, do you want to flare it out? Oh.